Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here with episode 264 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And I'm Dustin with Handsome Phantom and I'm adding Colin's last stand because I think that's important. I haven't mentioned that in the past. And it's kind of like, you know, the other half of what I do. It's a gig. Yeah. So you got to shout out to Colin. Of course. Dustin, I know we had a whole chat before, but of course, for the podcast rhetoric, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I had a bit of a busy first part of the week with like I was rushing to get side quest ready and doing some other stuff and now I'm now that's out so that's good and now I have other projects but their deadline is further away so it's like I can feel slightly more relaxed but at the same time though um my parents are coming in from Virginia tonight and they're going to be here over the weekend which is a good thing cuz you know I have a great relationship with them but uh they'll be here for a few days so that'll be fun, though, you know, like probably go out to eat and skateboard and whatever. All so that good stuff. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I've had a busy week in general because uh, we're recording this. This has no implication on the viewer, but uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. We normally record on Friday afternoons. Uh, it would explain Carrick's absence. Carrick's only uh, free day for the show is Friday. I had a bad host moment. I let the viewers know first that we're, yeah. <laughs> that we're doing the show on Thursday. And then Carrick's like, wait, we're doing the show day early. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, my bad, dude. I was literally about to message you, but he beat me to it. Uh, but yeah, Carrick's not here this week. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday. I'm going to be away this weekend. I didn't feel comfortable missing two shows in the last three weeks. So I wanted to make sure uh, we got this out ahead of time because I'm leaving, fr- leaving Friday and I'll be back on uh monday and that'll be nice to get a little bit of clear a clear head to, to hit the hardest part of the year with um because I, I never really take breaks quite honestly so uh that'll be good um but as always ladies and gentlemen we, we like to let you know that if you're new here uh welcome first of all we hope you enjoy your stay last week we had a three-hour episode i don't know if we're gonna hit that again because it's, <laughs> it's just dustin and i but it was a really good one we do hope that uh those of you who listen enjoyed it uh the listener numbers seem pretty good on our on our YouTube and, and we just want to remind people that we are on audio platforms. Uh, if you want to listen on iTunes or Google play Spotify, uh, we are there. I mentioned last week how I would make sure all the episodes were up that, uh, were missed on those platforms. They are all currently available. Uh, so if you don't want to be attached to your computer or to the YouTube app, uh, we do have that ready for you now and, uh, we will continue to. So just go ahead and check that out. If that's, uh, interesting to you. Uh, we're also available on Patreon. You can get early access every Friday, this episode, even though we're recording a day early, is going out on Friday because we do have a supplemental show called An Extra Slice of Ham where we cover news and discussions and random ass questions, by the way, that uh, we could we, we, we could not and do not do on the main show. I've been asked about frozen pizza, cucumbers on pizza, uh, pineapple slices on pizza, just heinous acts. All of that sounds horrible. Like, yes, I agree. Just, just unnecessary. Dow, who wrote in with a lot of our questions on the uh, podcast, he said that he sometimes takes the pizza out of the freezer and just bites into it. And oh my god! I'm like, 
I, I was thinking of the Barbaric. aftermath, right? Right. When you're going to the bathroom, do you just like, has it thawed in your stomach and now you're just, is it, it coming out as a... inside you or something? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of how the digestive process for that works. That's Not what good. fascinated me most. I mean, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, right. So frozen pizza already will probably kill you. So not cooking it is just like double dose of insanity, honestly. I mean, I eat frozen pizza. Don't get me wrong. It's delicious, but it will kill you for sure. What kind? What kind of frozen pizza? You... I haven't had frozen pizza in ages. Hmm. You mean DiGiorno? like brand? Or... DiGiorno is good. I mean, here's the thing. I'm an Aldi man through and through as far as like where I get groceries. So like Aldi has some decent like take and bake type stuff. Mm. But uh, I'm just a classic cheese and pepperoni guy you know can't go wrong okay, okay. But what yeah I, I respect that I, yeah i uh i yeah as a new yorker you know i have a eclectic pizza palette i'd like to say uh you know i've, I've gone for your, your your chicken bacon ranch pizza slices to uh, just some real obscene ones like prosciutto on pizza um and and i gotta say you know i pizza is the one thing where a lot of things work but pineapple's not one of them no i, I want to make that clear no. for people um, with that said, I, I am a simple man. You know, I, you're talking to a guy who I can eat plain Tostitos and enjoy my snack, right? Like I don't mm. need dip. So with pizza, you know, if it's just cheese pizza, I'm happy. Right. Um, the thing that I've realized with frozen pizza is it starts to more and more taste like cheese with sauce melted on just like wheat bread. Mm. And I guess you could sort of summarize minus the wheat bread part. That is what pizza is. But, um, I feel like there's a more delicate, complex, creation process to it with the dough and how thick it is and right whether we're talking thin crust or are we talking about you know an oven pizza brick oven uh th- this type of stuff is really important like when you warm up your pizza microwave are you in a rush oven i'm i'm probably 80 percent of the time going with a toaster oven of course All right, perfect okay cool. i mean sometimes though you gotta microwave it there's just no other option <laughs> you know that was me in high school yeah yeah so <laughs> Though, right. you know, you got to be careful. You said in high school, I, I'm thinking like it reminded me one time that I ate like crazy bread for breakfast in high school. It's a oh mistake my. I would never make again. It was just like garlic nastiness throughout the entire day. My breath oh. like burping, you know, it was just I was like, this is just just don't eat crazy bread for breakfast. That's a yeah, that, that's the moral of the story. I, I used to have a, a irrational fear of having bad breath and ha- and smelling bad. Like, oh, so. dude, that's I think every teenager or hopefully not every because we all know <laughs> the kids when you're in high school, the kid, the smelly kid or whatever. Yeah, I was I was there, too. Like, I was just like, oh, no. Yeah, man. Like for you, what you were going through there. Did you go to school that day? You went to school? Oh, yeah. It was at school that I realized my mistake. Oh, wow. Because yeah, I was see, like driving me. to school and I'm like this. I think I was eating the crazy bread like in the car on the way to school because I was like late or something. So I just grabbed it out of the fridge like right. a uh, some leftover crazy bread from the previous day. So that's how you eat. It was it was ripe at that point. So <laughs> not <Jesus>. good. <laughs> yeah, man. I, that's the thing is like I remember in seventh grade specifically, I had this moment where like I would smell my arm and I was like, I don't smell anything. So maybe I smell bad. So without showering. <laughs> I had, like, five minutes to get to the bus stop, so I took, like, Old Spice, and I just, like, wiped it on my forearms and then, like, mm. rinsed it off and bolted to the bus stop. Like, I would not participate in gym because I didn't want to sweat and smell bad. Like, I right. had this palpable fear of smelling like shit. It Dude, was horrible. When you're a teenager, it's amazing thinking back at the irrational things that you would, like, do or say. It's just like, man, you're, you're, you're not even – it doesn't feel like you're, like, a developed human when you're uh, – 
when you're a teenager. Looking back yeah, now, like once you not. turn like I don't know though. I feel like I was still an idiot when I was eighteen. It wasn't until I was like twenty three that I feel like I had a grasp on lightly Rea- on what being in a, a reality was. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'm the same way. I feel like that's just we'll say the same thing in three years. I feel like that's kind of part of growing as a person. You and right. I were ambitious men. So right. You know, I, I'd say, like, you know, I've heard my girlfriend say the same thing. Most people I know who have, like, amb- ambition or they, they try to push into the next big thing, like, year after year, usually think back and go, like, man, when I was 23, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, I look at my 2018 content and I'm just like, you know, I think to myself, I thought I was killing it then. And I look now and I go, man, mm, I could have been better, right? And and so I think it's a good sign that, that we're thinking that way, right? And yeah. Man, just so many mistakes. Cringy. Yeah. <laughs> Especially thinking about content and stuff. Like, wow. Uh, it's yeah. like, I think about some of that stuff. I'm like, how did I even get here? Like, I don't know how, how anyone thought that any of this was good. But yeah, right. I, I think the same thing. I, I used to just like ramble over one stretch of gameplay, talking strictly about the gameplay. Like, there was no personality. And I was just right. sitting there, no effort really. And then I don't get like all the views. And I go, why is my channel dying? It's like, well. <laughs> Right. Put some time in, Matt. Come on now. So yeah, man. Like when I was in high school, <clears throat> just a really confusing time there. That's for sure. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to support us on Patreon, <laughs> that's where you can get early access to this show, all the pizza discussions. Um, so what we like to do in our intro is, as always, talk about what we're playing. Dustin, you've been playing through a lot of things lately. What can right. and can't you talk about? So uh, yeah, there's three games that I'm playing, and I can only <laughs> talk about one of them right now all right but next week next week there will be lots to talk about so nice. the one i can is rogue legacy 2 now you maddie you said you had played the first game right yeah that was one that i was really I, that came out like i want to say 2014 i was hyped for that one and yeah. i played a decent amount on the vita I me too say. I, I really liked it on that system so i'm curious to hear what is this even added because I, I, I didn't go deep into it i'll be honest like i played it i liked it but i did not take the deep dive i thought i would right so what's funny is i'll try to be as accurate as i can be it's one of those situations where it's been so long since i played the first one that when i was playing the second one i was like was this in the first game or was it not Mm -hmm. so this is where we rely on our audience (laughs) right now if i remember correctly the first rogue legacy was all like sprite based oh yeah so it was like pixel art so this one does have it's like the character models are technically 3D, but the way they look on the screen for the most part are more like just like a, a cartoon character, not like a 3D model. I don't know how they did it exactly, but um, yeah, there's definitely some new elements like there's now the ability that you can do kind of like a shovel knight slash duck hunt, like down slash and like bounce off stuff. Oh, I like that. So that's cool. There are a lot of new um so if you've never played this game i guess we should preface with what this game is at all in case anyone doesn't know it is obviously it's a roguelike game where the big shtick is that when you die you play as the next generation of the character that you were currently playing as and what gets really fun and unique is the different traits that the different character that you're playing at can have and sometimes they can be like really powerful traits and sometimes they can be more on the silly side like you could get a character that has like you know this uh magic ability and um this buff 
but they're colorblind. So the entire game is in black and white when you play it. Today I was playing and I got the spotlight and it was supposed to be like a, this character loves being in the spotlight as a personality trait, but it was literally like a little part of my screen was lit up like a stage light. And when uh, you killed all the enemies in a room, like it would throw roses up like it was like a stage play or something. But there's like really cute ones, like a, a giant character or there's a character that has dwarfism and is like a small character. And so it's really like a different mix of all those different character traits. And the other thing that I really like is that because um, because it's a roguelike game, you're going to be going through randomly generated dungeons over and over. But the big aspect is that you once you collect a gold from from your current run is you go and you can upgrade your base and your estate, like the family estate. So you can unlock different playable characters. You can unlock upgrades as far as health and mana. And that's what really keeps me going back. And I think where some uh, roguelike games sort of start to lose me is when you're not, it doesn't feel like you're progressing enough. Like I just feel like I'm dying and the last 20 minutes meant nothing other than, Maybe if I found a, like a certain weapon or something, I'm trying I to. That. Did you play Dead Cells? Yeah, I played a little bit of it. I think I played about five to ten hours. Sorry if I yeah. keep muting. By the way, as you can hear, got a little dog commentary. Dang so continue. It. Oh no, you're good. But uh, if I, I don't want to misspeak. I feel like Dead Cells though. It's like you can unlock random extra weapons for the beginning of your run, but you can't. You won't necessarily like upgrade your character. I might be totally off base with this, but anyway. I think what happens is when you respawn, there's like a room that you can like have carryover items that you can purchase. I want to say it's been a decent amount of time, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm just as much in the haze on that. Right. And it's weird because overall I'm, I think I'm kind of over roguelike games just because again, it's like the, you have to have really, really strong gameplay or a really strong hook in order to make me want to do the same thing over and over and over again with potentially depending on the game, little progression to, you know, the overall play of the game. So, but yeah, rogue legacy Two, It feels really surprisingly finished. I, I don't want to talk too definitively because I played for like probably just over, I played about an hour. Yeah. So, but this game is going to be in early access starting on tuesday i i want to say and overall it yes, you'd be correct yeah overall it feels like pretty finished i did run into like some small text bugs where it was like there should have been a description and there was like some code or something but yeah i really liked what i played and definitely felt like it was addictive initially trying to remember back to playing the first rogue legacy it felt a little easier in a good way, just because I remember just getting destroyed on the first one over and over. And this one, for some reason, it just seemed to click a lot quicker, which may be because I had experience, you know, with the first game, but yeah, not much to say other than that, other than, you know, if you're hesitant about checking out because it being an early access, uh, which is something that I feel often. In fact, I, if we didn't get a code for, for handsome phantom, this isn't, I probably wouldn't have bought it in early access just because I would almost always rather rather wait until the game is totally done since, you know, early access can be such a, a mixed bag. But honestly, what I played was really good and really fun. So I can 
pretty much say that if you if you're interested, it probably is worth checking out in early access. So, I, I think the most interesting thing you mentioned was the estate. Do you yeah. like? Is there more you can add on to that? Like exactly what it is and how it builds. Yeah, that, that's what kind of caught me. I was like, oh, because I was like you, I got my ass kicked in the first one. Right. I was, that's part. I, I remember distinctly. Actually, that's part of the reason why I dropped it. Uh, relatively quick and i've also lost my taste for roguelike but when there is this sense of some type of sustainable progression right um that has my attention this sound that sounds unique enough where i want to learn a little bit more right if you have the opportunity to tell us more yeah so like i said you go on your run and you collect a bunch of coins and eventually you die so the idea is that the next generation is spending the money from their their dead <laughs> parent <laughs> and so like Initially, you you have like a screen that's like a castle, and that's where you do uh, your long term upgrades. So there there's like a, a section. It's like a tree, like basically like a, a skill tree in a way. But basically, okay. like you can there's like there's health, there's mana, there's um, so those ones are like you can do up to like five upgrades. But then there's also different sections of the castle that you build. So if you build the one section of the castle, it'll give you the the brawler character will be a potential option when you uh. when you restart there or like the archer is one of them also. Also, in addition to that, so there's your estate, but there's also the town. And so you can unlock different vendors at the town and the vendors are specifically you can spend some of those coins in order to get specific items for your current run. So you could go, let's say you got like 500 coins and you decide, okay, I don't want to do any long-term upgrades. I want to spend those in order to improve, potentially buy items that can improve my success rate for my next run. So you could go to like the armor smith guy and you could buy um, some armor to make it so you have a better health or whatever. And then there's also, I think there's like runes. So basically like modifiers that you can purchase that, again, they will go away once you die. So um, it's basically like once when you're getting ready to start a run, you have to decide whether you want to spend your coins for long term upgrades or for temporary upgrades, I guess, Mm -hmm. to put it in a a simple manner. So but yeah, it's that's one of the aspects I like the most about it. Like you were saying, Maddie, is just that I want to feel that sense of progression which obviously yeah. there's something to be said for certain roguelike games where the the progression is your skill in playing over and over again. But I, I think I'm just like a, a hybrid of that, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, because what I thought of uh, as I was like recollecting on some roguelikes or roguelite, I forgot the, the difference quite honestly. People say both, I, I think. Yeah, no, there's like an actual distinct difference between the two. I forgot exactly what it is, but um, I was thinking of like Darkest Dungeon and how that's a game where I really, really like Darkest Dungeon. I think it's a great RPG. So hard. Um, exactly. It's, it's so, so fucking hard. hard. And, and, and I think that's part of the pull with it. But that's like a game because the way you're talking about Rogue Legacy 2, it kind of got me on that game where I thought, what are they going to do with that sequel? Because that was announced, I want to say, last year. Um, I had actually talked to the developers to see if we could get them on the show at some point, and they said they want to wait till they have more that they can talk about. Right. But, you know, so hopefully we can get something for that uh, down the line. But I, that's another game I was really kind of curious about in that same vein. 
Uh, I think it's a really hard genre to crack into because uh, I, I feel like there was a period of time, I want to say to 2013 to 2016, where where procedurally generated content and like repeatable areas and all that stuff was interesting. But I think as you've seen, games get bigger while being uh, while the content's been handcrafted. Right. People don't find that attractive. So I'm curious to see how they evolve, which is why that that estate was so ear catching to me. I'll have to look into it because I did enjoy the first one. Sadly, it's only on PC. I just read. So yeah, for early access. Yeah. Not holding my breath on a Vita version. Maybe the switch, though. Right. <laughs> that'll, that'll be something. Um, anything else you've been playing or, or just that that you could talk about? Um. Let's see. I mean, I've still been slowly working through Ghost, and it's starting to feel bad. Not feel bad to play, but you get to a point when you're playing a game long enough that I'm like, oh, no, am I slipping? Like, I, I want to finish this game so bad, <laughs> but I also feel like I've been playing it forever. So. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had that same feeling when I was getting my Platinum. I, I just was like, man. But for me, I was actually on the other end of the spectrum now that I think about it. I was more like, a, okay, this needs to end. I right. need to be done with this game. Uh, like, Because eventually what happens is the challenge goes away right. toward the last part of the game when it comes to you collecting all the parts of the, the world, uh, like the, the, the outposts, the foxes stands, what have you. Uh, so it just feels like you're running through a routine. Um, but that's just end game content, I guess. Right. But I, I feel you entirely. I have... Uh, I've been playing not honestly much this week because like i said it's been pretty work intensive like i have a project dropping well i guess this early access friday yeah i could say uh, i dropped a i dropped we'll say in past tense uh a, a a video on uh this bioware rpg that came out during uh the time that like kotor jade empire dragon age mass effect like all these games were coming out from bioware and they literally like weren't missing Right. And so I, I thought like I had accounted for all of them on my channel. And then there's this uh, one RPG. It's a Sonic RPG that came out in 2008. I think it was uh, for the DS. And, and like it's actually an RPG. And so I made this like super like probably stupidly. I don't know yet. We'll see. But this stupid high effort like skit filled fully scripted video like just it took us, you know, because I had someone help me edit it, and we'd sit in the Discord call at night, and we spent, like, three nights on it, just chipping through it. Um, and so <laughs> it's finally done, but that's where uh, most of my gaming time, I would have been sitting down to do Dragon Age Inquisition's Trespasser DLC. Uh, I have not played that. Uh, I wanted to see if I could get it done before I went away, uh, but since it's, like, six hours, I know... Like, if I were to start it after I did all my work today, I, I definitely wouldn't finish it. So I want to make sure I give it the time it deserves. So I'm going to do that when I get back. Uh, so what I'm going to do is, uh, for the third time now, I'm going to take my Vita and I'm going to pick up Trails of Cold Steel again. Uh, oh. We're about 20, 20 hours into this game. I do okay. like it a lot. I still like it. Uh, I was hitting a kind of a, I wouldn't even say a climax because I don't know the whole story, but I feel like I was hitting a climax in the story. I'm in chapter three. There's six chapters. Um, and so my goal this weekend is when there's downtime because, you know, we're going to be chilling a lot. And especially my girlfriend falls asleep early. So <laughs> I right. already know I'm going to I'm going to have those like four hour, five hour sessions with my Vita, which will be nice. Um because I, I, I distinctly recall we uh, we went away for a week in actually August of last year. 
and I took my Switch with Dragon Quest Builders with me, and I think, like, because we'd, like, settle in at 8 o'clock every night and then just hang out, and I'd be up to, like, 1 or 2 since we were there for a week. I put, like, 30 hours into the game on a vacation, and uh, it was pretty cool. So I'm thinking the same thing's going to happen with Trails. So I'm I'm mapping out my gaming here because uh, what I'm really waiting for is, like, Wasteland 3. I've been really excited for that game uh, for a while, so I'm just kind of waiting for that to come out. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, I'm waiting to cut for that to come out. Uh, Mafia Definitive Edition, that's going to be good. So right now I'm in that limbo state where I can take a game, like that Sonic game I reviewed, or uh, now Trails, and I can just clean these up. Uh, same thing with Trespasser, so I'll have a nice clean plate for when I dive into um, yeah, just everything else oh. that's coming out later on. You know? So froze for me for a second, but you're good now, I think. Oh, okay. I, I heard you say something. I was like, was he completing my sentence? Yeah. Like a good friend? Sorry, or... I was like, oh no, we lost the show. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, all right. Uh, hold well, on. Sorry, I, I have. I, first of all, did you tweet anything about like, oh, I'm doing a, um, about your project for the the Sonic Bioware thing? No. Did I didn't you say? Want to te- I swear you said something somewhere because yeah. I I feel like you, I think I. You hinted at it. I did. Yeah, you know, I did. Uh, One of our patrons, Lee, actually tweeted at me saying something about the skits in my videos. And I Mm -hmm. said, wait till you see this project that I'm working on that's coming out next week. And that that was the video I was talking about. I I think I got like five or six in there. Like just. Yeah. I swear you made some kind of reference to like, oh, an unknown game from a big developer. And I seriously almost responded and said, how about that Sonic game from Bioware? Oh like, my god! I think you, you said something somewhere because I remember thinking that thought. Maybe it was someone else. It's just like a coincidence. But um, yeah, that's that really be, funny. Wow, um, dude, Trails of Cold Steel. I I bought that game, the PS4 version, and I played mm. probably fifteen ish hours. I was on the second school trip, so maybe I wasn't that far. I can't remember. Yeah, that's about from my recollection. That's about ten fifteen. I just it's it's kind of slow, dude. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I everyone talks about how good that franchise is, and I, it's not that I don't believe them. I just don't know if I'm cut out for the grind. It's like so how how long till it gets good? Like very good, you know what I mean? I, I get that. Yeah, I think it, I, see the thing that I noticed is when I played it, and I want to say 2015 was when I first tried it out, and I did drop it. <clears throat> uh, when I first tried it, though. There wasn't talk about this series. Now there's a lot of talk about it. Right. So I'm guessing that sometime within like two and three is when we start to hear or see rather what's so special about this series. I can already see some of the elements um, are pretty unique because it's out of everything that tries to be like Persona. I feel this does the best job and separates itself enough as well. Like the combat's very different. Yeah, it's very fun. Um, I thought the this the the link system how it ties into combat, but also into your social elements. Like it's actually a really well thought out series, and you can see that right away. But I agree entirely; it is slow. Like there is a reason why I chipped through it, and I was able to drop it at twenty hours. I know there was like other projects, like or I shouldn't say projects, but games like Ghost of Tsushima, uh, The right. Last of Us. Like there were other games that pulled me away each time. Um, but it's also because I knew I would come back. Yeah, you know, my friends always are making bets on whether or not I'm going to beat the game. So part of me is doing this out of spite too. Right, but <laughs> dude, here's what's funny: you. you're playing on Vita, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the PS4 version 
has like a, a turbo mode where you can speed up the game. Yeah. And it's like, it was appreciated while I was playing it, but I was like, I understand turbo for an old game, like old games. Like if you think of final fantasy seven or a lot of the old mm-hmm. final fantasy games, having that speed up, maybe it's just not quite with the modern speed of games. So it makes sense to do that. It just feels weird that in a, a modern game like that to have a turbo, it's like you're speeding up the process of a game that you're making. Like, shouldn't the game just be faster then? Does that make yeah. sense? No, I get what you're saying. It's funny. I had that. I I never felt like I needed a turbo mode in that game. Right. Um, But like Final Fantasy 12, uh, I think it was 12, Zodiac Age. That game had a turbo mode, and that was a game I said, why would you bring this back? Because that, that was a game that needed, like, a times 4, times 8, times 12. Like, it had so many levels of speed because there was so much travel. And what's funny is it was an average of, like, an 80-hour game. And I beat it in, I want to say, like, 50 hours. So I thought to myself, so this game was made, in my opinion, so poorly that I had to spend – I could have spent 30 hours just walking. And wow. then maybe more than yeah. that with battles. Like, think about that. You know? I So I, I get where you're coming from with that. I never felt that game needed Turbo. But my friend, uh, I got him into the series because I said, hey, what I played on the Vita is great. He bought the PS4 version with the Turbo mode. And he was flying through the games, man. And I was like, how are you doing that? He said Turbo mode. So maybe there's something to it. But I, I kind of like the combat. I never felt the need to have it sped up. But I'm going to have to look and see what what it's like in motion right? with the Turbo mode to maybe i'm just not realizing something entirely the the other thing is and i don't know it's hard to say maybe i'm blinded by like persona and stuff like that but i was like i don't know if i'm just not drawn to the characters or if there's certain elements they're just like a little bit too tropey for me Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know the the characters weren't doing it for me which is interesting just because that seems to be like people talk about how how great the story is especially in the later ones like how you have that attachment of the characters from game to game so maybe that's something that improves or i don't know maybe i'm just just not in tune with what's going on i think persona just has a very like intimate design they just do something that i it's it's the same thing with like the old bioware rpgs with how like the characters interact where it builds a very natural kind of like adoration for them where I didn't get that feeling. Like I had characters I thought were cool, but I never liked the term. And sometimes I still use it, but I don't like the term attached to characters. Like I don't care if people use it, but I never like it for myself. Cause even in like, I'd say the only game I felt like attached to characters was persona Four. like, that's the only game I can think of where I was like, I don't want to go. But right. like other games outside of that, it's like I liked these characters or I loved these characters, but I wasn't like attached. Uh, I just feel like it's starting to turn into a buzzword sort of. So, right. Because what happens is I think it oversells the connection you make. Right. Like, I, I think there are a lot of great characters in Trails, but, you know, maybe I'll be attached after three entries. And we know the, the fourth one's coming out in, I think, a month or two. And I'm pretty sure that one is the finale to like the trails of cold steel series which is kind of shitty because it's just gaining traction and getting really popular right and they're like yep we're out see ya so i don't think i'll have them all beat by the fourth one but i'm also not in a rush i'm just yeah gonna, i'm just gonna enjoy this first one see where it takes me and you uh you tweeted just recently you're thinking about checking out 
Final Fantasy 14, dude. Yes. Dude, yeah, I'm, I, uh, <laughs> I'm flirting with that idea. Dude, I seriously, just like last week, I was like, okay, maybe I should check out an MMO because it's been a while. And I was like, maybe I should mm-hmm. check out Final Fantasy 14. Maybe I should check out Fantasy Star Online too. I decided... That Persona collab caught your eye too, huh? <laughs> oh, well, it was before that. Oh, um, okay. But then I saw that again. It's funny because I installed it and then I like booted it up and I was like, you know what? There's so much, like I need to finish Ghost. I have these three games that I'm working on content for. I just, now is not the time. And then that Persona collab, I was like, ooh, maybe it is the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, Final Fantasy XIV has been intriguing me as well. Yeah. And the trial's so good now. Like, they have a really extensive trial for the game. Yeah, that's what I was I was reading. And I've just, I knew there was a new, because my friend, it, it plays it a lot. I think he's got like 700 hours in the game. Like, he really likes it. And what's interesting is it's not like the only game he plays. So it's not like an MMO that demands you to grind and there's a meta and all that shit. He doesn't really mess around with PvP. And I don't think PvP is like a popular thing in that game. I think it's PvE content. Which is why I was attracted to the idea of playing it, because I don't like MMOs that, all right, play all this PvE content, enjoy the quest, and now your end game is straight just fighting other players. And then that, that leads you into just trying to find, like, the best builds and stuff. Um, and I don't know, that just doesn't catch my interest. But, like, with the way that Final Fantasy fourteen is structured, um, it just seems very, very nice. Especially because they have, like, near. I watched, like, a near raid oh. that someone did, and it's just awesome yeah it's awesome uh so yeah there's a lot about the game that's really appealed to me i've wanted a recurrent game because like i always think about with streaming i know it's about the personality but i need a game i can go to or a game that i can play and then look at chat um i want a game that i can just fire up whenever and i'm thinking final fantasy 14 might end up being that i don't know if that would really fit my audience as much i know it's a really popular mmo but i also know i'm more of like a western role-playing guy than a jrpg guy uh to to people but like it that's part of the reason why it's also really appealing but i've heard like amazing things since like heaven sword i know that the the base game was like sort of a remade uh thing from the original which was really bad uh but like since then it it looks like they just keep learning lessons and making it better and i feel like i'm foolish for ignoring it (laughs) if i'm honest did you sorry i don't want to go too far in a like you know whole different direction here but did you did you play destiny 2 at all because I feel like that nah, would be up your alley. I uh, I looked into it and uh, I asked my audience, and because I think it was when they announced like all of their new content, their their, their multi year plan instead of doing Destiny three, and I was like, what do people think about Destiny? And a lot of folks were saying jump in in the fall with the new expansion because something's changing with progression there. Um, and I don't know. I part of me wants to try Destiny, but part of me feels it's too late because I I was like a person who played Destiny month one. And then I have not played Destiny since. Right. That's literally it. So uh, I'm not trying to say like Destiny 1 stained my view, but I just, how how much has really changed? I know a decent amount has, but like how grindy is it? Uh, That's another game that you go to the arena, I'm pretty sure. And it's like a meta, a meta game. I'm just not interested in that super fucking competitive aspect of it all. Like, right. You know, if I if, if like I'm a big esports player, sure, but like when it comes to like Destiny or something, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. Destiny for me is like you know the abusive girl that you can't help but go back to. She she beats me up every time, but you know I always go back 
because I played like Destiny One, played it when it came out, and had all the complaints that everyone else did. Dropped it, expansions come out, I come back, drop it again, and then like Destiny, I, I I had like sworn off Destiny forever, and Destiny Two was announced, and I'm like, fuck Destiny Two, I'm not playing that. Mm-hmm. They they burned me, and then literally release day came, and I was like, nope, don't need it. <laughs> Five days later, I I fucking bought it because oh I have no God. spine. Uh, and it was actually re- like pretty good, like pretty decent. And now, honestly, like I'm kind of a here and there Destiny Two player. Like I, when Shadowkeep came out, uh, well, I played the one before that, uh, Forsaken, and that was pretty good. Shadowkeep was like really good. Um, and so mm. I'm currently not playing, but I I don't know, dude. Like for me, because you had mentioned like PvP, PvP is like not a big part of Destiny when I play okay. at all. I like might, I'm, I might be wrong. I've done PvP, but like I specifically want to unlock something, so I'll do PvP just to do that. But the the PVE, like doing raids and stuff, I I feel like I can definitely say that Destiny raids are the most fun in a multiplayer game I may have ever had, like really? ever. Yeah, as far as like co op, um, like the raids hmm. are like really extensive. Like, they can be really frustrating, too. Like, I've done raids when they were, like, newer and people aren't as familiar with, like, with how to do them. And so you're, like, seven hours in. It's three in the morning. And you have seven to go to work. raid? Here's the thing, though. That's only when it's, when it's new. When it's new and people don't know what they're doing is when it's the most hard. Within, like, a week and a half, people start to get familiarized. And the other problem is there's people that try to do raids that aren't their gear isn't quite ready yet. So mm-hmm. sometimes you can have a bad crew and you can realize that part of the way in, but you've already like committed. Hmm. Like by the end, like I, we were doing raids, like you could finish a raid that once took us six hours. You could blitz in like 45 minutes. So, wow. But okay. honestly, both, both levels of those were fun and interesting. Like, Game mechanics, and I'm sure for, like, a lot of more traditional MMO players, like, I've never done a raid in World of Warcraft or uh, a more traditional MMO, but, like, some of the crazy stuff that they have you do in Destiny 2 raids is just, like, unreal. Like, you have, like, in Destiny 1, there was a raid called the Vault of Glass, and, dude, the ending boss fight was crazy. You had, like half your team getting transported to like another dimension where you'd have to grab something and take it through a portal. And only when you did these certain amount of steps, then you could even damage the boss. Um, like really crazy stuff like that. So, but yeah, I would, um, you know, maybe when the next, uh, beyond it's called beyond light, right? I think so. yeah. Yeah. When beyond light comes out, you know, if you're feeling interested, you know, that might be, I would be, I'd be down to help you out and play that one with you. If that's something that piques your interest. Cause it might. Here's it might. The, I, I go back and forth on it. Right. It's one of those things where I guess it will be weird though, because you won't be able to play the base content for destiny two anymore mm-hmm. when that comes out. So yeah, that would be a little weird. Yeah, That's why I think people are saying like, you're going to lose. Like, that's, what, that's what I was reading from my, my, my tweet responses. People were saying, you're just going to lose your progress. Just wait till BL. So I guess beyond light to, to start. Right. So makes sense. Yeah. Like you just said, I don't know, 
But uh, yeah, it's a it's a neat neat game. I always I always end up coming back to it, and it's especially now. It's I feel like it's better than it's ever been. But all right, all right. Well, with that, Dustin, we'll shift into the news after forty minutes. Let's do it. About a good enough. There's not a lot of news, so I feel like that's a good a good primer. Pretty good news for our listeners. All right, uh, so we're doing a little bit of a mix here between Halo Infinite and, of course, the Xbox Series X launch window. This information coincided, um, so we're going to go ahead and take a look first at the Halo Infinite delay, then we'll talk about the Series X launch window. So the letter came out from 343 saying, Today, I want to share an important Halo Infinite development update with the community. We made the difficult decision to shift our release to 2021 no month, by the way, just 2021 to ensure the team has adequate time to deliver a Halo experience that meets our vision. The decision to shift our release is the result of multiple factors that have contributed to development challenges, including the ongoing, you know what, related impacts affecting us all this year. I want to acknowledge the hard work from our team at 343 Industries, who have remained committed to making a great game and finding solutions to development challenges. However, it is not sustainable for the well-being of our team or the overall success of the game to ship at this holiday. We know this will be disappointing to many of you, and we all share in that sentiment. The passion and support the community has shown over the years has been incredible and inspiring. We want nothing more than to we want nothing more than to play our game with the community this holiday. The extra time will let us finish the critical work necessary to deliver the most ambitious Halo game ever at the quality we know our fans expect. Thank you for your support and understanding. Chris Lee, who is the studio head at 343. Now, Phil Spencer did respond to this delay and say that they could have released the game in parts, but they didn't want to do this. At the same time of this announcement, there was a write-up on the Xbox Wire saying that the Series X launches in November with thousands of games spanning four generations. Um, There's not much more than that, really. It's just a kind of a PR write-up saying uh, they have more than 50 games planned for this year across generations and optimized for Series X. New games developed for Series X launching with Game Pass like The Medium, Scorn, Tetris Effect Connected, which I know Dustin really likes. Um, More than 40 popular games newly optimized to take full advantage of the Series X, such as Destiny 2, Forza 4, uh, Gears 5, Ori, Madden, and so on. A shared library through Game Pass. Uh, You get the gist. So, Dustin, uh, we've got a Series X launch without its flagship title. Uh, Kind of been the conversation of the week. People wondering how strong uh, of an impact or how big rather of an impact this will be on the hardware sales for Xbox. And plus with game pass, I'm sure those hardware sales were all, were already dwindling combined with Xbox saying that uh, they're not pursuing exclusive titles until at least two years from now. So what do you make of this huge, huge drop of news, man? I don't know. Like, so, okay. So halo was the game. That was the launch game, right, from their first party. Do we know of any other first-party games that Microsoft is releasing with the launch of their brand-new console? I think just what I read there, which he said... Those aren't... I saw the medium. I don't know if those are launched, though. Right, and those aren't their their first party. I mean, that's just, like, games that they're, they're partnering with to you know, have an exclusivity on, on Xbox. Yeah, it just says... I'm sorry, I, mis- I misread 
or misunderstood what I read rather new games developed for series X and launching with game pass. Sorry, not launching with the system include exclusives. It's a key word there like the medium scorn Tetris effect connected and more. So they're coming, but I don't think in answer to your question, they're going to be launched. Right. So as we, as it stands right now, the series X is not launching with a new first party title. As we from know right what, now. Uh, yeah, from what we know right now. And I feel like we would know if there was something else because we're now we know officially we're three months away. Right. I don't know. I mean, people know that I've and if you listen to my show that I'm really hard on Xbox, um, even though I do mostly consider myself pretty agnostic. But I'm like. I just I, I don't know, maybe their strategy is so different than what is traditionally done that that's why it seems so confusing in a way just because it does feel like in a way it feels like the series x is an iterative update and not like a a generational like obviously you can look at the specs the specs are a a generational upgrade for sure but the way that everything else is being handled doesn't feel like a bang it feels like a smooth slide into the next console and and again maybe that's by design it's the fact that they're like hey instead of pushing buy these all these games and buy a console at launch we're saying hey buy the console when you're ready subscribe to game pass play it where makes sense for you at the time the the series x will be there when you're ready you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. maybe maybe that's the the approach but to me, I'm just thinking of of like that launch day and that launch window that when people are trying to decide which console they're going to buy, they're going to be like, well, I'm just going to wait for the Series X because I would rather be able to play Miles Morales on, on PS5 this holiday or something. I don't know. You can't play Miles Morales anywhere else but PS5. Right. The Game Pass, literally everything you could play anywhere. Some games may run better, look better feel better that is a factor but is that a factor big enough to make you say i'm gonna purchase a 500 hundred dollar console right and it's weird because i am like i'm definitely the type of gamer that i want to play things in their best possible quality and it okay. it's like hard for me like when i play halo infinite i don't know right now i have i have no plans of getting a series x at launch i would like to i mean i always try to get all the consoles at this point but right. like when i play halo infinite i'm gonna be playing it on my pc and i want to be able to play it at like 4k 60 like i bought the rig needed to play games at that at that caliber so mm-hmm. the weird the thing though that's interesting is that there's not a lot of people i'm, I'm in the minority I'm, I'm always surprised by people that like people will just be like oh you can play Halo Infinite on the base Xbox One that I bought in whatever, however many years ago when it came out. Then they're like, okay, cool. Like, the fidelity is something that's that's irrelevant to them. And that seems, I mean, do you think that that's a, true? That, that most people don't seem to really mind the fidelity? It's hard to say because I feel like there's a huge group who is sold entirely on how a game looks. Like, right. oh, that looks pretty. I want to be there. Like, I'm sure that's half the reason that <laughs> the Order 1886 sold. What a beautiful looking game. Um, 
but I feel like there is another quadrant that just doesn't care and wants to play. I feel like the thing is that Game Pass is such like a, I guess it's got to be a positive thing because they only continue to feel the service, but like there's just genuinely no reason to buy an Xbox, especially like if you're going to get a Series X, you should just look into maybe saving a little extra money if you're financially able to and get like a mid-tier PC. I'm sure even like something like that could um, could play in a in a better looking way. Right. Um, it's just something that crosses my mind. And I'm talking about like, just so people know, I know some of the specs and the Series X are very powerful, but I'm talking like a good budget build because you can spend a grand and, and I'm not saying that's chump change, but like get something that'll last you a while if you build smart, like in a smart way. Um, and so it's, it's stuff like that, that if I were not a enthusiast who covers tons of games on my channel, hell, I think I'm going to do this anyway. Cause I see no reason to buy the series X if I'm honest, but I would just say, if you want to support both ends, get everything that's involved Try to look into getting a PC so you can access everything Xbox is doing because literally everything they're doing is going to be there. And then for the exclusives, PlayStation probably isn't super interested in taking like Spider-Man PS4, for example, and putting that on PC. Uh, They're always going to be, because that's what's worked for them this whole generation, a exclusive dominant platform. Uh, I would just say get PS5, get PC, call it a day. Because right now Xbox wants services and if you want to sit on the console... And just have a Series X, maybe that's better for you. Because, hey, we were just talking last week with uh, Horizon how PCs can be really fucking annoying. So I get I get both sides of it. But I just find the Series X wholly unappealing. And I, I didn't even find it super appealing with Halo Infinite attached to it, to be honest with you. Because it wasn't being built for the Series X. It was optimized right. for the Series X. And I think there's a huge difference there. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. I, I think that it's de- you you're right that microsoft is definitely going after services now and it's it's clear with game pass that that's you know kind of the the deal but i feel like it's it's weird because it seems like the console is ahead of the software like the software titles and this may be the case with sony too because though they have announced more first party games we don't know which ones are coming on launch day right yeah, so like have holiday windows for most right. of them if I had to guess, oh, I guess. So we know Miles Morales is coming. Mm-hmm. Do we? Is Bug, Ratchet Bug Snacks is a holiday? I know right. it's not like a, a huge launch game, but I, I think that they said that's holiday. You were saying Ratchet is Ratchet. We, I, th- I think that's one that we don't know about either. And that's uh, I think twenty twenty one. I want to say okay. That's definitely not this year. Otherwise, and Horizon, like right. Yeah, that's two years from now for sure. That's that's got to be a ways off. So, yeah, it might be, you know, it it might also be that the software is lagging a little bit with PlayStation 5 and we just don't know it yet. Um, I got to wonder, I mean, it makes sense that. So, OK, I'll, I'll pose this as a question to you. Okay. Two and a half weeks ago or whatever, however long it was ago, we, we got the reveal of him, Halo Infinite. Do you think they were planning on delaying the game then? Is the delay a direct response to the negative backlash of the reveal i would say what they were doing i don't mean to like answer a a question with like something in the middle of the road here but right i would say personally i got the the feeling that because they didn't mention anything about the public response in that letter and we know that's intentional i would say they they knew putting it out there this isn't the best looking or this isn't our best and as a title that, you know, free-to-play multiplayer, 
it's you know it's going to be handled with like intermittent updates for 10 years i think their idea was if the public can accept this and move on and we can get out of this cycle by announcing hey free multiplayer hey tons of updates and people start to care more about that than how the game looks and the stories that we started to hear more and more stories of troubled development i felt like if they could escape that they probably would have stuck with the launch because they knew they could have patched it out but i feel as time went on they realized that they would have it could have been another master chief collection for all we knew right Uh, and in the scheme of things i think halo 4 might have been the only halo game they launched cleanly when you really look at the big picture with halo 5 i remember working off the bat but i also remember like despising the campaign like there was a huge gripe with each of the halo games i'd say 4 was their best work 343 as a whole now with halo master chief collection kind of turning the corner i'm sure some people's opinions have changed but still like that was a horrible launch five had a lot of issues you know do you really need to push infinite out and just like at that point the consumer would rather not call for like either i don't care about halo anymore it's been ruined which you definitely don't want i don't think halo carries the weight it does but you definitely don't want it to just be full out ruined or they would just say find a new developer because they can't handle it right and so at this point honestly i feel like if this game's already in trouble you had an issue with five story you didn't treat the whole collection of the games that made this series that was gifted to you. Uh, like you, you didn't treat that properly. Like, I think that the, the task is too big for them already. And maybe I sound like an asshole for that, but like, I it just, I don't know. It's pretty hard to argue otherwise. Uh, but I'm, I'm willing to just see what infinite's all about. I, but yeah, I, I don't think they were planning on delaying it. I really don't. I think they were going to see how much they could squeak out. Cause these companies, you know, they can sit down in the in the streams or whatever and be like, we care, we love you guys, this is, you're our community, all that PR right. bullshit. But at the end of the day, like, you know, give them an inch, they'll take a mile every time. Yeah, I feel like in a way it was, I bet you that the response was even worse than they expected. I mean, they got a, a whole meme out of the reveal with yeah. the whole Craig thing, which I mean. Not a good meme either. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always curious because there is the argument that's like, oh, well, any any publicity is good publicity. And I'm like, that meme is not a good like people are making fun of your graphics with that meme. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I really hope that when the game comes out, they do something fun with the Craig meme. Like, I hope that they acknowledge a meme. That's like the best possible situation. A side quest about Craig would be. Perfect. Dude. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So. I don't know. Like finding I, Craig. Right. And so, something like that. Just keep the same model. <laughs> right. That would be great. I will remain cautiously optimistic about Halo Infinite. I want Halo Infinite to be awesome because I mm-hmm. really do. I mean, Halo is so, so nostalgic for me. Um, so I, I really do want it to be great. But I think as I've said before on this show, they just... 343 does not have the track record and what we're seeing now i mean the delay is probably a good thing i mean it it is worrisome for the launch of the console but um for the game i think it's a good thing so yeah i think you know my biggest thing is i want the story to be good like after seeing the open areas uh and how they're evolving the way the story is going to be told I am in that cautious, optimistic area, but I do really just want them to nail the multiplayer because I think that's what will keep the game truly afloat. Right. If they can keep that diverse and interesting with, you know, Halo's got such a suite of modes already with like SWAT and 
capture the hill. It's just like just normal Slayer, like just everything in that game, man. Like they they have so many options that modes built strictly off of weapons. So many ways to go. So I feel like they if they could just build that and it's free and then you don't over monetize it, like it's delicate balance. But I th- I think they can figure it out. So. We'll have to wait and see. Sometime in 2021, what do you make of the fact that they just had no window? They were just like 2021. Yeah, that is a little interesting. I mean, you got to imagine it's in the first three months. You would hope or else something is seriously wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But I've read that development's been really bad for them. Right. Like I Jason mean, Schreier said in February that he said, like, he'd be shocked that they got it out this year. I think it was Carrick that said this is an old game. This has been in development for a very long time. Um, and so, I mean, we could speculate for, for hours about what, you know, what's what's going on behind the scenes. But, yeah, I mean, it's just I don't think it would be a good idea to have it go much beyond. Like, I feel like March is the latest that they could that they should put this game out. But yeah, unless they start making it like strictly for Series X and really beefing it up right then i feel that could justify some of the weight for it right like imagine it gets re-revealed and you know you can see clearly like textures have been updated they've been able to make things bigger it runs nice and smooth like i don't know just i feel like that could be a trade-off there that'd be a big surprise i feel where people go oh my god i want to get a series x because now we know this is exclusive but is that mismarketed i don't know that's a that's a whole other bag of worms. <laughs> so, so Matty, what did you think about the fact that I thought this was so interesting that they, they, they put out the tweet, they delayed halo and then it was like damage could control quickly. Like this was all coordinated. They knew that there would be like instantly people questioning. So they put out that Xbox blog and said, Hey, we're doubling down. We're coming out in November. It's just, it's so interesting because, and I said this on the HP podcast, my show that I was like, these companies throughout this year have continually doubled down. They're saying, we are coming out this year. And every time they say it, everyone's like, hmm? are you really? Mm-hmm. Are you really? Because you still haven't told us the price. You still haven't put up the pre-orders. And so it's just it's just interesting to me that even now, like you would think that we are within 30 days of their pre-orders, you know, at this point, you would think, but... I don't know. They yeah. they keep doubling yeah. down that November is the case, even though it's clear the software lineup isn't quite ready. And like I said, it may be the same case with Sony, but like, I don't know. It's just uh, it was a weird a weird thing. I, I it's continually weird how much they double down because I think they know that people are are skeptical. Yeah, I agree. I think they're trying to reassure them so that they can make a safe purchase. And then they realize it's probably not the right time to make a safe purchase. Uh, it, it's so, it's so strange really when, when you point it out that way. Um, the only thing I could see here is that maybe now PlayStation comes out with a blog within the next week and we find out what the launch titles are. Cause like that, that's the thing. These companies have been trading back and forth. Like, I have that never would seen be a, big, a dude. Uh, that'd be a punch right there. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm not advocating for console wars, but if I'm Sony, I'm like, round them up quick. Like this right. is it. <laughs> this is our chance. We got to strike, like <laughs> a nighttime strike from Sony. That's that's what they need to do. Because that would, if they just said we're launching with Miles Morales and like a bunch of other indie games. Like let's say they had. I don't think it would be. A, I don't think it's a 2020 game. But like let's say that Kena Bridge of Spirits. That game looks great. Like imagine right. they're saying that's coming. I just feel like they have an opportunity here, and I imagine they're going to seize it within the next week. 
whether it's a state of play or a blog post saying like, here's what on, what's on our console day one. Right. It's like they, they weren't even trading blows about controllers. You're telling me the main reason people are going to buy the game. You're not going to say anything. You're going to yeah. go easy now. No, I don't believe it. Here's the thing, Maddie, is that it's totally, here's the thing. It's totally fine to like when a, when, when these companies take blows at each other, I think it's awesome. Like just like, when Microsoft was like, yeah, uh, backwards compatibility, we're doing it. Not only for 360, but the original Xbox. And some of these games are going to run better. I love those, like, totally massive, like, E3 moments. Like, and also, like, the, the Shuhei Yoshida, like, how, you, how, you, how to share games on PS4. People, yeah. regardless on which side you play games on, you should like those moments because they encourage the companies to do better constantly and that's what you want mm-hmm. you want these companies taking swings so yeah i would also love to see playstation be like yeah check out this bitch and launch lineup and mm-hmm. you know it, it just like and it would be so clear after that halo you know the the delay so i don't know i'm i'm surprised that we don't have a date at this point of the next i don't know whatever some kind of playstation 5 stream event i'm assuming that it's going to be in the next few weeks in uh in august but mm-hmm. yeah. i think we were talking about that last week that like the pre-orders they need to be the, the pre-orders need to be this month or they need to let us know what's happening at least this month this is the month yeah yeah they have to i don't even think what microsoft did was like serviceable saying i think it'd be kind of foolish to be like now you can pre-order it, even though we just delayed this game but like just a window isn't enough in my opinion like i'm not like if playstation comes out with a state of play again and then they go like it the, the system's coming out in november and that's it like i will be pissed like it's time to know how much money i have to pull out of my pocket you that's know what it. would be awesome or i guess awesome in the way that i'm talking about these competing companies uh if if sony was like yeah expect ps5 in october because i feel like if they could just get a little bit ahead and so oh people spend their money and uh then they look at the Series X and are like, well, I already I just bought a PS5 or pre-ordered it. If they can get the pre-orders like, out. I'm thinking about that. That's a good point. Yeah. If they get the pre-orders out and the console out just a few weeks before, then I feel like that would be a really effective strategy. But mm-hmm. what do I know? I'm just a, a guy talking really a into a microphone. So. <laughs> All right. Well, well, hopefully we're not going to have to wait long to find out. Now. Dustin, we get into a, something just as topical. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on the extra slice of ham, but uh, Control Ultimate Edition. Right. Very interesting choice by 505 Games and Remedy here. Uh, so as we've heard with the smart delivery program, for example, at Microsoft and the free upgrades for PS4 to PS5, um, we've seen companies across the games industry from like Valhalla to Cyberpunk 2077 saying, hey, if you buy let's say you buy the PS4 copy, when you put that disc into your PS5, it will update at some point. I don't know when. I don't know if it's day and date, but it will update and run better, look better, all the bells and whistles of the next-gen console without having to pay. Now, with Control, a game that was a commercial flop last August, like, and when I say flop, I'm not exaggerating. Like, it did not chart. Right. And it, it launched in, like, the middle of August. Meanwhile, a game like Astro Chain, which launched, I think, in the second to last day of August, charted. And Astro Chain, as much as I love that game, man niche action adventure game for a exclusive console the switch so that alone says a lot but point being 
is that Control did not do well. Control has, I think, benefited from word-of-mouth marketing, people talking about it, the Game Awards. It won a ton of titles there, I think, when it came to IGN, or it was nominated for titles there. When it came to IGN, um, I think they won a shit ton of awards there. So the game has benefited from people talking about it positively, and I'm sure they've seen more sales. So this was their chance, I feel, to, to get out there and people to go shout from the mountains for them, hey, please buy this game. It's that good. Right? I mean, you and Carrick literally just came at me last week and were like, you got to play this, right? And I'm going to. But, like, that's how people got to be with this. And I'm pretty sure people are ready to. So, Control Ultimate Edition gets announced. All the DLC is coming out. Uh, There's separate launch dates. If you're buying it on Steam, it comes out in just, I think, August 26th when it comes to uh, the PS4, Xbox One, Epic Game Store. That's early September. I want to say the 4th. Doesn't matter, though, because you shouldn't be interested considering that what they're doing is saying that let's say you're like Dustin, you're like Carrick, you own control right now. You've bought it at lunch or uh, you've bought it sometime on sale. You're going to have to buy it again. Um, Pretty much what they're doing is saying that the only way you can get the upgraded next gen version is by having the ultimate edition, not owning all the DLC. So you could buy control at season pass. I don't know if it had one, but like you could buy control all it's DLC does not matter. Does not matter. You're buying the damn game again if you want that upgrade. And this is a game that, if I remember correctly, you guys said last week it did not run well on like PS4. It still Xbox doesn't 4. run well, to my understanding. So this is a game that needs this upgrade, and they're making you pay for it 40 bones. 40 bones for the Ultimate Edition. So not your full $60, but I still think this is a load of bullshit. This is a, a topic that I, I, I will say we're going to miss Carrick on because he made a whole video uh, dedicated to how he, he literally said in the title... Control Ultimate Edition is predatory bullshit, <laughs> which, you know, Carrick's not a news guy often. Uh, I love that he's getting into the space more, but he he's not like that. So, you know, when he's saying something, he really means it. So I'll be curious to pick his brain a little bit on it next week. But Dustin, like I said, we talked about it a little bit on Extra Slice of Ham. What do you make of Control locking off the next gen upgrades? And are you furious? So here's my question. Maybe you know the answer to this because I'm looking at their little FAQ now about the Ultimate Edition. And the question is, what if I purchased the original version of Control previously? It says the free upgrade path to the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 version of Control is only available for the Control Ultimate Edition. So to me, that says that if you own it previously, you could still upgrade, but there will be a fee involved. Which so, is still, even if it's like 10 bucks or whatever. Right. So, <laughs> it's still ridiculous. Initially, I thought that I was like, oh, you're only able to upgrade to next gen if you buy the Ultimate Edition. Then that would be really shitty. So, hmm, I don't know. You know, I'm honestly, my gut reaction, and I, I want to hear your thoughts because I'm guessing you're going to potentially sway me, is that in a way, I'm like, well, if you're spending a lot of extra time on this new version and a lot of dev time, because nothing is free, then I can maybe understand the perspective of charging for the upgrade. But since the game runs so bad on PS4, especially the base PS4, it doesn't feel acceptable in this scenario, especially to charge for it. It's like, you know, guys, your game didn't run very well. It's sub 30 regularly to the point that the game will like I've heard of the game just completely like freezing for multiple seconds and like totally hitching out. So in this scenario, I'm like, yeah, you guys really 
should not like this is just a, a stupid PR move completely. So I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I think that while they have the ability and it sort of makes sense from a dev standpoint, it's it's not the right PR move. So I don't know. Do you feel like Maddie that like no matter what a next gen upgrade should always be free? It depends, because I think you bring up a good conversational point there. Because, you know, some people probably heard you say, well, it depends how much effort you put in and we're ready to get their pitchforks, you know, in hand. Right. But I, 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 I knew it was going to be popular. I, know, I, I yeah. knew that that would be a controversial take, but But I think I'm it's a fair point it. to bring up because, oh, wow. yeah, like a, This is the Lord like of the Rings house. glass goblet from 2001. Wow. This Where is did my, you get that? There, there's a whole story I could tell you about it. Let's listen. <laughs> Okay, fuck it. So I had these goblets. <laughs> you can't goblets. just put that up in the camera and not tell the story. <laughs> I had these goblets in 2001. They come from Burger King. And they have – there's four of them that have four different characters from Lord of the Rings. And they light up. Though mine, the batteries are very dead because obviously it's old as shit at this point. Mm-hmm. But I had these glasses. I love them. At some point, my mom got rid of them and oh. – at the time, it like didn't phase me, and then a few years later, I was like, "Damn, I wish I had those goblets." And I made a joke on my Twitter that I was like, "You know, I love my mom very much, but I'll never forgive her for getting rid of the Lord of the Rings glass goblets." And then this past Christmas, she found them on eBay and she ordered me the entire set. And now they're like my prized collection is these Lord oh of the Rings God. glass goblets. That's great. and so I was like, "You know what? All wrongs forgiven. It is. It's all good now." That so, is a uh, great gift. That's thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you know, I'm, I actually I didn't actually have any resent towards my mom. They were, you know, hers to to get rid of technically. So, um, but yeah, so that's the story of the Lord of the Rings glass goblet that I now proudly Perfect. yield with authority when talking yeah. about uh, paid upgrades on video games. So anyway, Maddie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah uh I, I agree with the conversation point on next gen upgrades i think there is a time where if it's not just like because i i think com- it does take time and effort but i think companies have to realize that if it's not tangible like if it's say it looks a little better it runs a little better that's not a bell and whistle type of scenario where you could sell that like that's hard i think that's a really hard thing to sell because people will just say, well, why didn't it look like this in the first place? Like, even if it's illogical, right. you got to know what the consumer is going to throw back at you on why they can't buy this. Um, but if you're talking like, hey, with Control Ultimate Edition, we're adding new weapons. We're adding new – I know there's, like, powers, right? Like, we're adding new powers or abilities. Uh, we're adding new levels. We're expanding this story. Like, if if Ultimate Edition wasn't just the base game – with all of its DLC and it probably runs and looks a little better, but instead that like you added to the game, it was content, right? Like people will pay for content. I don't know if they'll pay $40 for it because it's still the same base game with a couple of new things, but if you sold it separately, so maybe current control fans could say, all right, I pay 10 bucks. I'm now eligible for that upgrade. That's kind of shitty, but I got this new content, right? I, I still, it still feels wrong. But if you're attaching new stuff to it, um, I, I think it's a little bit easier to sell. And a good scenario is like Destroy All Humans Remake. They added one mission. Missions in Destroy All Humans, they're not very long. It's not a super long game. Um, 
but the, you know the, these missions like they add one in and it's a huge selling point because people are excited to see something new from a game that's kind of lie dormant for so so long um so i feel like with control a game that needs buzz needs pr needs people talking about it people know it's good but they need folks like you and i and 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 tons of other people saying like yes this is your chance like go get it uh to to step out with this move is is this shot in the foot that they didn't need at right. all like they did not need that at all really silly move yeah i think yeah i think i'm with you i feel like we need to the the idea of paying for a next gen upgrade is not a black or white to me um it's kind of a gray area like for example like i feel like with control it should be free not only just because of how poorly it ran initially but because it's like a newer fresher release that they're still working on like mm-hmm. i can maybe understand more if like a different game was like hey this was an early uh last gen game we're going back we are gonna give you all the dlc and we're gonna upgrade it make it in 4k 60 or whatever then you know what fine a paid upgrade that that sounds like a significant amount of value and also a lot of you know work went into that so yeah like i said it's i feel like it's a gray area Mm -hmm. that we can't just say all upgrade fees are bad because there are you know different um sort i'm looking for costs associated with doing these things right you have to pay a team to do this so you may or and and in a lot of scenarios they may just want to give it away for free right so i think in some sense situations that makes sense and others it doesn't so yeah in this situation i'm going to say yes it is shitty and that they should be offering it for free but Excellent deduction, Justin. Yeah, I said Justin. I knew I yeah. couldn't get that out without slurring my words up. Excellent deduction, Dustin. That's, th- a, uh, that's a tongue twister. Yeah. I feel <laughs> like I repeated myself a lot there, but honestly, I want to make sure that my point is crystal clear because I know that will be mentality a mentality thing. Contentious. I've rewrapped my point on this podcast more times than I can count because yeah. it's a clarity thing. Because I've been there. Like You're listening to the podcast and you're in this vulnerable position where you're subjected to thoughts of people that you cannot stop their hour-long ramble right to say well hold on wait you forgot this wait matt shut up like right i'm sure everyone's had those moments it's probably the most frustrating part of listening to a podcast (laughs) but that's why you leave comments and all that stuff right um yeah i agree with dustin shitty move shitty move all right we move on to a controversial game the last of us part two we thought this update was interesting, and it was probably the only significant other thing to talk about this week before we get into the patron questions. So let's discuss. The Last of Us Part Two is getting an update. It's called the Grounded Update. This adds a grounded difficulty, a permadeath mode, and much more. So for the veteran Last of Us fans, grounded difficulty represents the ultimate test of skill. It raises the stakes by making enemies deadlier, and ammo uh, upgrades and crafting materials are incredibly scarce. It also removes invaluable tools for survival, such as the listening mode. It deactivates elements of the HUD and more. Beginning with the update, Grounded will be uh, become one of the base difficulty options available when starting the story. So you don't have to like beat the game to be eligible to play this. You can start off right off the bat. 
As a additional layer of challenge, we're also introducing a brand new permadeath mode. With this custom mode enabled, there are no second chances. You must complete the entire game without dying or start over from the beginning. However, if you're taking on the whole game, however, if taking on the whole game is too daunting, you can choose to enable permadeath mode with checkpoints on a per chapter or per act basis. In other words, if you die at the end of day one, you'll have to play the entire day over again. You will be rewarded for your efforts. The Grounded Update introduces two new trophies, one for completing the game with permadeath mode enabled, and the other for beating it on Grounded Difficulty. Don't worry, though, neither of these trophies will be required in order to earn the Platinums either. They're thinking of us here. That's right. Uh, new graphics, audio, and gameplay modifiers. Uh, have you ever wondered what The Last of Us Part Two would look like as a cel-shaded adventure or if it was made into an 8-bit retro era? Uh, how about if it was a black-and-white noir thriller or a sepia-toned classic with this week's update we're adding 30 new graphics rendering modes as well as several audio modifiers to allow you to change the look and feel of the game we're also debuting new unlockable gameplay modifiers like one shot or touch of death that enable one hit kills or infinite ammo infinite crafting or infinite listening mode range to add a new twist to the gameplay they also mention a ton of them 8-bit audio helium audio xenon audio Mirror World, Mirror on Death, Infinite Melee Durability, like cheat codes, pretty much. Right. Um, they also had a couple of, like, quality of life improvements. Saves now display playtime up to the second. Film grain uh, option uh, is adjustable. Accessibility improvements to Ground Zero Encounter. Collectible tracking. Enhanced listening mode. So, a lot here. That's pretty much the the gist of update 1.05 for The Last of Us part two um i thought it was interesting especially some of the the modifiers they put in i thought that sounded pretty cool uh you know while i had my gripes with the last of us's story i will say i liked its gameplay and uh i don't know if this update will pull me back in i'm more so waiting for that multiplayer but what do you what do you make of the grounded update for last of us part two yeah so the the graphics updates are interesting because I don't know anyone who actually uses them. Like I wouldn't like who want I'm looking at this blog post in this pixelated mode. And this is like something you turn on for five seconds and you're like, this is actually terrible. And then you just turn it <laughs> off. Like you would never actually want to play the game like that. So, I mean, it's, it's cool. And I, I'm guessing the, the main reason they're there is so people can do them in photo mode. Um, since you know, the, uh, the photo mode is, is a game within it within itself for a lot of people. So giving people more options for stuff like that is cool. Uh, I'm more interested like the these like the helium audio and, and stuff like that I'm sure are are, are fun to mess yeah. around with. Surprisingly in the uh some of these quality of life stuff like there's a film grain grain adjustment which is actually pretty cool because I hate I personally don't like film grain in video games. Like I don't like I guess m- the feeling it gives me is like I have this 4K TV and film grain like takes away from like the super crisp look of it in a way to me like it makes sense on a movie but not a game i don't know so i personally would turn that all the way down for my preferences something really interesting here is the motion sensor function it says wait motion sensor function aiming option so low-key dude these motion sensor aiming controls are actually pretty good sometimes. Usually, well, not usually, but I'm just thinking of like um, Splatoon has okay. like a, I th- it's sort of like Splatoon 
And also, if you have a Steam controller, a lot of configurations use a motion sensor aiming. And a lot of people argue that motion sensor aiming can be super precise, precise like a mouse, only on a controller. Um, and I've actually played a few games with that option. And I don't know if I would use it as a like permanent replacement. Like I don't know if I would use it all the time. But it is something that is interesting um, and something I actually do enjoy. Have you used any, played any games with like a motion aiming like that? I was trying to think while you were saying that and I don't know. I usually try to disable it because motion stuff is usually a turn off. Um, right. It is for me too. Like I'm trying to think. When I'm like Mario, this is a weird, obscure reference, but like Mario Galaxy, like I hated shaking the Wiimote to spin around. I hate that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Overall, I don't like motion controls, but I don't, it's different to me. Like motion controls, I think the way people traditionally think of them is like, I'm moving my arm. So my character's arm moves in the game. Like Mm -hmm. that's like Wii motion controls. Whereas this is like a different method of input that's not meant to mimic reality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in that case, yeah, like most Switch games have, or a lot of Switch games I've played have that pseudo motion control. Like I liked, some people don't like them. I liked in Breath of the Wild, the puzzles where you actually moved around right. yeah. the Switch and moved the ball. I Like I thought that kind of level of interaction was a, f- a fun, different challenge. So I kind of like that. I don't know if that's more so what you're getting at. Like I haven't played a shooter where I'm aiming with my controller and then I can like, move to the right a little bit and then click, you know what I'm saying? Like you aim with your thumbstick, you get in the vicinity and then you maybe move your controller down to just like drop it to their head. And then you can pull the trigger and shoot. That does sound in theory, like a really, yeah. a really helpful thing that could, that could help even the playing field a little bit. And it's a little more interactive, which, which is always good, but I, I don't think I've played anything quite, quite like that. Just in VR, I guess. Right. Power yeah. Off, all that shit. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the gut reaction is like, ew, motion controls. And that's what I would have said before I had tried a game like that. But it is surprisingly can be very, very accurate depending on its implementation, of course. But it's neat to see them throw it in there. I mean, I'll be curious to I, I mean, I honestly don't know if I'm going to ever put The Last of Us disc back in my PS4 anytime soon. Not, yeah, not absolutely. on it. Not as a, like, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I, I don't, I didn't love it either. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on it, but I'm just like, I'm done <laughs> with it at this point. Yeah. So either way, I always appreciate seeing updates like this because it just adds adding value. Even if it is light is almost never a bad thing in my mind. Like this yeah. just gives more options for people to play through the game again in in different ways to you know make it fresh and that's that's not a bad thing in my book i um see the thing is is with that game if it were shorter i'd probably be more interested in this update and i don't want to be like one of those people who's like games are too long because i i understand the value in a game's length but i feel the last of us 2 was too long to its own detriment and if that game were shaved down a lot more you know to, to the length of the first last of us i would have been probably in on this update just to mess with it but like you said i have no interest in putting it back into my ps4 really do you have any interest in permadeath modes in any games 
It depends. Like, I know there are people on Twitch who do, like, their own permadeath things for the Souls game and stuff. Like, Or, like, uh, Pokemon, the Nuzlocke. No hits. Yeah, no hits. I'm yeah. just like, how? Like, no hit runs blow my mind. I, I feel that takes a very special type of person. But no deaths, it's not that I'm against them. I've never really tried it. Um, there are games because like, I feel you got to adjust the difficulty for that. Like I've gone through games and not died, but I wouldn't call it like a no a, a permadeath run because if I died, I'd be like, ah, oh, whatever. It's on normal right. anyway. Um, but yeah, with the Last of Us Part Two, like even on normal, that game, I gotta be honest, man, that game kicked my ass. Like it was a tough game, I thought. Um, and maybe that's just me, but like I really like, like the AI was smart. The way they kind of navigated the levels. With the levels being really big, like especially when you take control of Abby and that first section where you get to like a multi-story building, and I already forget the name of the faction that was there. Uh, doesn't matter, I guess. But point being is that it was loaded up with enemies there and all in these big fields, and I'm like, how do you handle that on permadeath? Like that's such a dynamic encounter where it seems so disgustingly unappealing. Right. It really does. And it took me like four, three tries in that moment to get that right. And that's just me. But it took me multiple tries there, having the mem- the level in my head. Imagine like we do the act, the beginning of the act. I have to go all the way to the beginning of Abby's act to get to there and try to relearn the level one more time. Like it makes for intense gameplay, but man. Right. It's not, I hate to pull this out of my ass, but like I just don't have the time for something like that. Or, you know, like the I would immediately go. All right, well, uh, there's definitely a bunch of other games I could play where I'm not going to lose all of my progress. I think it's great for the very specific player. Right. It's literally an option you flick on. Hey, if they die, they go to the main menu. If they die, they go to chapter select and just leave it at that. Sure. Not my cup of tea, though. I think it's interesting and important that they, they made a distinction that you won't need those trophies for the Platinum. Specifically thinking of uh, Wolfenstein two oh my god yeah because right. i think they they were like correct me if i'm wrong wasn't it like beat the game on the hardest difficulty with permadeath mode like it was something ridiculous too i remember listening to colin talk about it right and he's the one he, that told me about that yeah and i remember watching videos of people breaking down wolfenstein 2 saying it was easy i don't know i thought that game was harder i i really did i only played it through once but I remember playing it through and being like really frustrated. Uh, I'm sorry, my mom came in the room. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, yeah, but I remember being like really frustrated with that game, and uh, I feel like I was alone on that because I remember even when I came out with my review, I went, "This game's great," and a lot of people were pissed because this is fair. A lot of the game was cutscenes, but what I did play was challenging. Maybe that's just me, but yeah, that. That was like the most disgusting platinum trophy I've seen in a while. Wolfenstein too. Like that yeah. is near impossible to get. I'm looking right now and it is called, I don't know how to speak German. Mein Leben. And it's a bronze oh, trophy to uh, beat the game. Bronze. I'm pretty, wait. Okay. Yeah. This is on, uh, is it power PYX power picks? Yeah. I don't know how to say it. Um, yeah. It power yeah the, he has an article about it. Um, most ridiculous of all. Beating Mine 11 is only worth a bronze trophy. Yeah, they didn't think when they made that trophy list, you could tell. Yeah. So, some developers just don't care. 
Some don't care. Real I rough. get not building your game around your trophies, but there's like a... I feel like I'd be on the other end of the spectrum. Not like, hey, I don't care about this. Let's make it easier. Just so it's something. But right. they're like, hey, we don't care. And fuck them too. <laughs> like, Dude. I don't know. I was so disappointed. Like, we were talking about this a bit last week about trophies. How I'm kind of like out of the whole trophy game. But mm. I really did want to... Uh, get the platinum on Tetris Effect, which I'm I'm wearing the appropriate shirt for talking yeah. about Tetris again. Yeah. But there is a trophy in that that's like get a double S ranking in every possible mode. Because there's like there's the main story mode, story, the journey mode, where you play yeah. through all the levels, and then there's like a more multiplayer focused like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Leaderboard type mode. So that you're supposed to get a an S, double S ranking in every mode, and I'm like, it's just not going to be possible. And it's funny because I think one of the Mark McDonald said on a podcast that he re- did he regretted the fact that that trophy was in there, which you can now change trophies. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, sorry about that. Oh, yeah, I saw. <laughs> I tried to. I was trying to cover like just keep going because I saw you were talking to your mom, but. Yeah, dude, because she came in with my my, my dinner because I asked her, like, hey, I'm doing the podcast at a different time. Like, would you be able to just, like, when my dinner's ready, could you just, like, leave a plate of, of spaghetti for me? Yeah. And she, like, opened my door during my podcast, which she, like, never does. Like, she yells right. at people when they make noise in the house during my show, which she doesn't have to do. Yeah. And that's why, like, when she opened my door, I was like, I'm still doing my show. Like, I'm so confused. Like, I thought something happened. And she came in and I see the plate and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, sorry that's about funny. that. Your your mom came in the door, but I'm pretty sure my parents are here now. I think they just got in from Virginia. I think I heard. I'm like my ring doorbell went off, and so I think oh, they're so here. Your, your front door is unlocked this time, is what you're telling me. Right, no one's locked out. No <laughs> one's locked out this time. So, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on to the patron questions because things are loosening up here and it's only real go off, the, off the rails now. Let's catch. Let, let's catch. I said. Let's connect with. I thought I had a Discord app open on my phone. See, the trick is I can't have Discord like the questions on my computer because uh, if I do that, I get rid of our call and then we lose our video feed. That's right. So I guess here I, we are. Oh yeah. Okay. I shouldn't look at them before because the the whole goal is to be off the cuff, right? That's what yeah. that's what you said before. Yeah, if you if you want, if you want, I I do it for myself because I'm an idiot. Right. That is my. I mean, right choice. to that, not right that you're an idiot. I mean, <laughs> maybe you are. I don't. I know you. We're we've gotten to know each other pretty well, but so far, I don't think you're an idiot. So far. All right. Good. You've Good. earned. I think you're the non-idiot status in my mind. All right. Not idiot, but not smart. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just. I can't confirm that yet. We don't. We, I can't say. You seem smart. I, I can't wait for Dustin's like one year analysis of like, you know, am I an impulsive guy? Am I an idiot? Am I hasty? <laughs> I always joke. This feels related. Like until you see someone in person, I can't confirm whether or not they exist. I can't confirm that you exist, Maddie, because I saw you at PAX. So I do know that you exist. Carrick? Who knows? He Carrick just... I've done a show with for multiple years, and my man sits in front of a green screen for our show. Who knows what his house looks like? I have no clue. You have I no, really know. No way of knowing. You don't know if he's real. He could just be like an AI generating pixels on your screen to look like 
the man you know as Karaki. And he's just a, a voice. That's right. That's it. That's right. That's so it. who knows? I've always wondered what Karaki's – I don't even think I've seen his bottom half before. <laughs> I've always wondered, does he, like, do his podcast in our underwear shorts? He could. Uh, I mean – because even when he stands up and walks away, like he wears these kind of like what I'm wearing, like he wear these big button ups that like right. drape down. So he'll like walk away. It's not like I'm looking for his legs, but like I'm just like I just end up getting curious and like I just see shirt and I'm I think to myself, what the f- what Maddie, is this like? What's he wearing? I gotta ask you a question right now because you brought up right. the button up and I've thought this because I'll be honest that usually okay, so I'm not much of a morning shower person. I'll like shower midday and so i'll shout today like i took a shower a couple hours before we did the show and i do think about what i'm gonna wear for Mm. the pot i just don't want to wear like a really bright color that would be like distracting or whatever like i it's not like i'm trying to pick out my best dress for the show but you know what i mean yeah and so you're always wearing these (laughs) button-ups and i'm just thinking like isn't it hot like is does it not bother you or is it just like super air conditioned in your house I was gonna say, uh, my house is always freezing. Okay. Plus, this thing is like security weight. I call it. It feels oh. good to wear. It feels good to wear. Like I like if I'm wearing this when it's off, I feel exposed. This is usually what I'm wearing when I'm just chilling in my house. Honestly, um, when I leave, I don't wear this at all. But it's I need another one of these. They, like I remember my mom got me or my grandma got me two of these. My dog when we got them. He tore up my other one. He fucking destroyed that thing. So, yeah, that shit's gone, which sucks. So I'm just stuck with this one. And it's not – I think it's a good – like, if I'm going to wear this outside, no, I'm okay. But, like, it's a good fuzzy weight to it. I'm with you. I try to – for especially my videos, pick out my outfits. Like, if I have a shirt that can connect to whatever game I'm talking about, I'm like, yep. Yep, that's the shirt for today. Like, every time I, I, I talk about KOTOR, I have one single Bastila shirt. I wear that every time. Nice. People, people can go ahead and double check me I'm, every time. I'm with you. I honestly, like, the summertime, I, I hate the fact that I can't wear hoodies and jackets. Like, I feel like as soon as the fall hits, I'm wearing a jacket or a hoodie from fall to the very till, – till the bitter end, which mm-hmm. I do think I prefer summer overall. But I got – dude, I got an awesome Super Nintendo hoodie at Target oh. of all places. Okay. And it's just been – I've just been sitting on it. Like, when am I going to wear it? I would – the problem also is that this room is, like, one of the hottest rooms in my house. Oh, really? Because it's on the okay. second floor, and technically it's, like, soundproofed and stuff from how my my dad – we're getting into whole can of worms. This, I bought this <laughs> – this is my parents' old house that I bought from them when they moved. So this used to be his studio space for music, and now it's become my office. And so it's totally sound-treated, which is great. For doing podcasts mm. like this one, but right. I don't think it does as good when it comes to air conditioning and keeping cool air in and stuff. I get that. So my, uh, in my where I usually do the podcast in in my room with my desk and stuff, like because of all the electronics on, it just and and I think the sound foam, like I think it just heats up in there. Right. So like even when the AC is cranking, that's the other thing. My house is just like my room, I should say, is just particularly really cold. Yeah, it's dude, I prefer that in here. for sure. I don't but. because when I'm editing, what happens is my right hand gets like super uh. fucking cold. And then my left, like my whole other, everything else in my body's good. And so what I have to do is like stop and just like, you know, I get my blood flowing. I'll just do some squeezes, just move it around. Not because yeah. I'm losing blood flow, but just I need to get something going other than like my two fingers. Right. <laughs> 
I know that feel, dude. Yeah, right. Holzer writes in with two questions to start us off. Number one, if you could only play one console for the rest of your life, which would it be? And what are the games that would make you choose that console? Are we discluding PC? Because I feel like that's would make it more fair. Like PC is so I much. Guess, it's it's yeah. wouldn't be considered a console. Yeah, right. I guess we're talking like you've bought this product, you plug it in, it is your game console. So right. we will remove PC in all fairness because I would choose that right off the bat too. Hmm. For the rest of your life, one console. I mean, you know what I'm gonna, hmm. it's my gut reaction is to say something modern like PlayStation 4 just because there's so many games on it. There's, you know, and there's old games too. Actually, Xbox I was gonna with say, that backwards compatibility. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, Xbox, Xbox would be it because it doesn't have every game, but at least I can go back to stuff and go currently ahead. So I would just pick an Xbox One because right. the Series X isn't out. Because I, if I had to play this one solo console, mm-hmm. I have the 360, the original Xbox games, the current One games the future ones for the time being like yeah man like that would be it that would be it to me <laughs> yeah i would choose that that sounds about right i mean yeah i'm i'm just probably yeah i mean that makes the most sense is the xbox i'm gonna go with that as well just because i mean either way they both have civilization which i feel like is the game that you could play mm-hmm. for the rest of your life that and That's tetris true. those are the two games that it's like if i was stuck forever and uh yeah civ and tetris so you're set what situation the thing is is we need like a narrative for these situations like why Mm. am i being forced to pick a console right Right? like what would ever put me in a position where it's like maddie you can only and i fucking mean only play xbox or whatever console you choose like they line them up in front of me you choose one the rest are gone for good right never play them you're at a friend's house sorry what gets me there? Maybe see my my thought was like maybe what if it's like a Fallout situation? You know, the beginning of Fallout Four, you're running out of the house. You only have time to grab one console. What are you grabbing? Mm. That's a different scenario because mm. if I'm if I'm getting ready for a new coming and I'm I, for some reason I'm grabbing a game console, <laughs> my gut is probably to grab the PS4 because I'm just thinking like I don't want to lose my Ghost of Tsushima save or something <laughs> like so. <laughs> In that scenario, I think my my gut reaction is to grab the PS4, but the the smart as far as longevity. I mean, it's not if it's a Fallout situation, it's not going to matter because I'm going to get frozen, and then someone's going to you know kidnap my kid. But (laughs) yeah, right, yeah. I I, you know now that I think about it though, would backwards compatibility not work? Because don't you have to down? You can't just put the disc in; it downloads. Oh, kind of like a ROM. Internet is essential in this situation. If we're talking like post-apocalyptic, I'm grabbing a DS because that's a huge library, like a 3DS, because that goes that goes up and down like six years or something like that. Probably longer than that. I'm probably way off on that. Like that that's a huge library that you really got to dig through. And if you get a 3DS, now you've got all the DS and then you can move into the 3DS catalog. Right. A lot of good shit to pick out of there. Yeah. And if you get the DS with like the, the Game Boy thing in the bottom which i think oh. was just the original ds then we're really playing with something here yeah another so, i i have to admit i did think of specifically the super nintendo 
And that's because the last few years I've been like oddly obsessed with the Super Nintendo. I actually have one I was say, back I here with it. the PBM. I it like half an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, well, it was on the side. And I'm like, this would look cooler if it was on top. I should just do that. Yeah. Um, I'm oddly obsessed with Super Nintendo because I didn't have one growing up. I only played them at friend's house. So like there are games that I'm familiar with, like Super Mario World or, you know, Super Metroid. Super Metroid, I did go back and beat a year or two ago and it was awesome. But a lot of these games like... Final Fantasy VI, I've never beat, never beat Super Mario RPG. There's a huge, like, you know, classic 10 out of 10 games that I've just never played all the way through on Super Nintendo. So that's like kind of, you know, tugging at me a little bit if I'm thinking mm-hmm. about it. We have so. great options. That's a good thing, right? Right. Oh, we have yeah. Great options. Oh, yeah. I think my end answer is going to be a DS, though. I think okay. I'm going to grab a DS because I'm thinking library of games and I feel that's got a big stretch if internet is not an issue right we're not running away from a nuke falling and i'm about to get frozen then i will take an xbox one dude pokemon soul silver that game <laughs> fucking rocks I've, uh, I've never... i love that game <laughs> i've never played dude <laughs> i know it's so it's like it was my, so my nostalgic. cardinal sin it's my yeah. cardinal sin for pokemon it really is like i have not played um uh what are the fucking names silver and gold uh, i've never played them wow it, dang yeah. Like, even the originals. I just played Blue a shit ton. I could tell you from front to back Blue, which I think most people can. But, like, those games are... Because I know they have two regions. Like, that game is monumental. And that's part of the reason why I'm, like, hesitant. Not because I'm afraid of, like, how long it is. But it's, like, such an alluring mystery to to have no knowledge on that I'm like, Mm. do I want to spoil that for myself? (laughs) It's genuinely a question I've asked. My girlfriend, when I started... Studying Japanese, she got me platinum in Japanese because okay. they said like learning. Uh, I think that's what it was, or silver. I, I'm sorry, I really genuinely don't know. Um, but they said like when you're trying to immerse yourself, they call it language immersion. That uh, music, games, books, like even if you don't know what's being said, like familiarizing yourself with the characters can help a lot. So that was going to be a game I was going to play, and I still do plan on it if I ever go back to. To learning the language, but now we got Apple creating this translator thing that allows you to like literally speak English, pick a language, and then it comes out on the other end. Dude, I've used um, Google has a thing where you can like put your camera up to words and it will translate it like live on your screen. I was using that when I was building. Um, I have like Evangelion Gundams that I was building, mm-hmm. and all the instructions are Japanese, which for the most part it's just pictures, but it's amazing the, like the the fact that it can like live translate with on the screen through your camera is just like insane it's yeah it's ridiculous we're like i want to learn a language right but at the same time should i with how like technology is moving like I, it's a, gen- a genuine question like i studied japanese for a year and i fell off of it a little bit and then I saw just like progression with technology and I, I was studying Japanese because I wanted to go to Japan one day and like just fully be immersed in that. And I thought, I see all these people who just speak English like going in there because you have to learn English in Japan. And I'm like, how much do I have to learn? Like, I still want to learn. I still want it just for myself. Mm-hmm. But it's like a thought that definitely has just crossed my mind a lot. I, so. I took Japanese when I was in uh, ninth and 10th grade. I really? did very poorly, but I was also an oh. idiot in ninth and 10th grade. So I did not study 
and I just did not do well in school overall. Particularly, I like got my act together in 11th and 12th grade, but not mm. in 10th grade. I was just a complete idiot. Um, Same. But I enjoyed uh, the the bit that I did learn. I don't remember anything. But I'm, I'm curious now if I tried to learn Japanese currently, if I'd be able to do it. Because there is like a whole thing where like you're you're it's way easier to learn languages when you're younger. And I'm wondering yeah, if with us being that. at our age, if like you can still do it when you're older, it's just much mm-hmm. harder. Like you're the, the plasticity of your brain. It's harder for you to open up different pathways. So, yeah, you're it's, you're entirely right. The, 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 now's the do or die time. If you want to learn Japanese, Maddie. So something to consider. I, I actually felt a sense of pressure there. Yeah. So <laughs> I really did. It'll be Shit. easier now than it will be in 10 years for you. Yeah. Your brain's you know just going to get get dumber, unfortunately. In certain ways. Fuck. Yeah. I guess you won't get dumber. You just, it'll be harder for you to learn new things. Less retention. Yeah. No, you're, right. you're totally right, though. I remember that being a thing. And I was thinking, I'm in the clear. Like, I was like 23. And We're like, not young anymore, Maddie. Studying it now. Now not I'm 25. Anymore. And fuck. Fuck. Right. <sighs> Holzer19 has another question. With Sucker Punch now moving to a new game, Infamous has been on my mind lately. And I had a fun idea. Was wondering if you could each create slash describe a power set. You would like to play as so we know in infamous you can mess around with like electricity delson could like turn into smoke and then like go up a, a chimney and pop out the top of a roof if you could create a little bit of a power set dustin mm. what would it be if anything hmm i'm gonna say if we're talking like power sets maybe maybe this is like um like the last airbender i've never seen the last airbender but i'm assuming this is what it's like like being able to control air might be cool because then you can do like you'd be able to fly around because you could like push the air under you to kind of lift you up and then you could like blast people with air um have you watched like last airbender is yeah, that, what, it, is that what it's what like yeah it literally is that wow you haven't watched it at all huh no wow. i have i haven't i've never watched it you'd like it you'd like i probably it. Really would honestly i have an unfair stigma because it's like fake in my mind it's like fake anime because it's american (laughs) made that's totally wrong i will fully admit that that is a wrong (laughs) feeling to have but i don't know that's just how i feel when i see it i'm just like this is feels something about it feels unauthentic to me i'm and it's like i said i need to get over that i i do need to watch that because it's supposed to be very good but yeah yeah it's very it's very 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 good i really do think it's what everyone says like the thing is that i do think I thought you were going to say the thing that was unappealing to you was that there's just so much random internet hype around oh. it. And all of a sudden, like everyone's suddenly a huge Avatar fan, right. shouting it from the rooftops. And sometimes I like I think it's a wrong opinion, but like I get annoyed by that. It's like I've been saying Avatar has been great since I was like fucking ten, right? And now you guys are going to come in on Twitter and tell me what? Here's the, like, here's the thing: I don't know. Is that take. when people get really excited about something? A few years ago, especially when I was younger, like in teenage years, I'd be like, oh, everyone likes it. Therefore, it sucks. Like kind of that hipster mentality. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I really, really lightened up on that. And it's I've had this realization that like usually if a lot of people like something, it's probably because it's good. Like I make a joke that uh, there's like normie animes like Death Note is a normie anime and mm-hmm. uh, Attack on Titan is a normie anime. But there's a reason that they're normie animes is because they're they're really fucking good. Like yeah. 
So yeah. if everyone is screaming to the rooftops about Avatar The Last Airbender, then it's probably for a reason. But yeah. so anyway, back to the original question. I'm just always all about when people ask, like, what kind of superpowers you want? I always want to fly. I feel like that would just be the coolest thing is to be able to fly around. And it'd probably be absolutely horrifying in the moment. (laughs) But I feel like it'd be cool. So I'll go with that. (sighs) Hmm. Trying to think of an element to control, right? Because I don't want to spoil too much for the show. But, like, Earth sounds good. And then you see some counters to Earth. You know, I always liked when I went into a pool, I was, as a kid, try to pretend I was a waterbender. I'd fuck around with the water, like, push waves, and, like, I was just, I just really thought it felt good. It felt really cool. And since I have some firsthand experience as a waterbender, uh, I'm going to go with that. Wait, and, well, uh, firsthand well, experience? What are we talking about here? When I'm in the pool, oh, know, like, oh, okay. like, I'd move my hand in a circle, I'd create, like, a swirl. Right. You know, I take water out and like I pretend I whip it. And so I feel like I take that water ability mm. and we could mm-hmm. convert it a little bit. Right. Like if I'm in a city, right. I could use steam. Turn oh. that into water. Could take water out of someone's cup from a restaurant and flick it like a an ice spike at some enemy's head. Like there's so many creative ways to obtain water. If I'm in like a desert, I'm fucked. But oh, for that's sure. why I'll carry like instead of, you know, how most heroes have like guns on their chest, like and they just pull them out. I'll have two, like, canteens. Mm. That'll be, like, a water supply that I can just reuse. So that's going to be my, uh, even though it's water bending, dude. I'm going to say that's my infamous power. <laughs> you could you could fuck some people up with water. I mean, first, you mentioned steam. That's that's pretty brutal if you're, like, burning people's flesh with, with hot steam. I mean, that's maybe even borderline inhumane. But the other and thing I mean, is... I could even urinate, right? Like, Oh, Whoa! I could could literally pee into my pants and then like, dude, absorb it from. So like they're laughing at you, like, oh look, you peed your pants, and you like they're they're laughing, and that's when you're like, God, yeah, you know, and you yeah, you get them, and you just and dude, also, have you seen these videos of like water jets that cut stuff in half? No. Like okay, so there's videos on YouTube where like someone will have their phone and there's like a water jet and they can cut clean through a phone. Or like whatever. Oh, wow. It's just like it's the the way the how fast the water is being shot. It can just cut clean through. So you could just like if you had the ability to master like an extreme pressurized water, you just like slice someone in half. So wow, I've, okay. a lot of possibilities here, dude. A lot to think right. about. This is definitely something that's uh, in consideration for the next infamous game. For sure, for sure. Type of seventy six writes, and we did kind of answer this with. Halo Infinite delayed into 2021. What will be the Xbox Series X flagship on release? I think the reality is, Typhus, that there isn't going to be a flagship and that they're just launching the system with Game Pass. So your flagship yeah. might might be like Rare Replay, <laughs> depending on who you are. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's It's all player choice. Your flagship is what you desire. Yeah, that's that's rough. Um they don't have a leading game unless they want to lead into one of these third party uh like the medium or something. It just doesn't really doesn't seem like a good idea to me. That'd be really weird too. It'd be very odd. That they don't have a lot of options. <clears throat> I mean I think that you're right, the selling point, the uh leading game is game game pass. Like yeah, just it the really is. it's the collection and not the individual. Which mm-hmm. there is power in that, so For sure. 
you know, we were just talking about if we were like stranded with a system, Xbox is it. So like financially speaking, if you're stranded, Game Pass is it. And maybe you take that money, buy a PS5 console. I don't know what your situation is, but that's what I do. Coach Blue writes in, hey guys, Maddie and Carrick, we've discussed this before about how feta cheese is the superior cheese. Mm -hmm. Dustin, what's your favorite cheese? If you don't say feta, then you're up to no Gouda. Oh, well, who's this person? (laughs) Who's this person again? Coach Blue. Okay, I have the ability to ban people on your Discord. You gave me that ability for some reason. (laughs) So you're out for that pun. Second, this answer is easy for me. Pepper Jack cheese is the cheese for me. That's that's the the top tier. Like Pepper Jack cheese on a burger, awesome. Oh. You want to add a new a new uh, a new outlook on <laughs> on pepper on a uh, macaroni and cheese. Put some Pepper Jack in that bitch. It'll ch- it'll so it'll change I take change like your mind. Craft mac and cheese, and then I lay a layer of Pepper Ooh. Jack on top. See. That's the the best part. If you want to go all in, you could just make pepper jack cheese. Like, make your ma- uh, mac and cheese with pepper jack. Go pure. Ooh. Or, you know, a little mixing with cheese. Never hurt anybody, as far as I can tell. So, Shit. but yeah. So, do you like, when you do that, you're, you, it sounds like you're talking homemade. Do you, like, boil your pasta? Do you get, like, mm. maybe, do you have, like, slices of cheese from the, like, a grocery store? And then you'll, because they're steaming at this point, right? Right. You take the the pasta, put it in a bowl, and then just lay the cheese on there and kind of mix it around. Like, what's your? How do you mm. make it into the the creamy mac? Are you a creamy mac guy? I'm. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm just a fan of all mac and cheese so you for the like most part. Mac and cheese. Oh yeah. I mean, it's good oh. when it's baked. It's good oh. when I mean all kinds. I mean, oh. the here's the difficult thing, Maddie, is that my wife. I love her to death, but she's lactose intolerant, and. Ah. So the amount of mac and cheese that gets made, like special mac and cheese in my house, is pretty much zero at this point. So, you know, it, it kind of limits. I haven't made a mac and cheese like that in a in a, in a very long time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not not to say that all mac and cheese are created equal. Like, I went through a phase where I would eat Easy Mac just because, again, it is it is easy, like in the title. Like if you're trying to get something quick for lunch, throw that in the microwave, you're good to go. Great but like, meal. Yeah. yeah, but now I don't know. I'm just not, if I'm wanting mac and cheese, then it is going to be something, something special. So <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Pepper Jack, right. try it out. I mean, there's Pepper also Jack. like different varieties. Like there's a jalapeno Jack. If you want some a little more, a little more spicy though, Gouda cheese, shout out to Gouda cheese. Like, um, there's a place I like to go here where I live that has a burger that has like pulled pork and smoked Gouda cheese on it oh, on a burger. Right. And that's right. just that is that is pretty nice. It's a, a perfect amount of just like fats that I need in my life to just clog me up. Right. Oh, of course. And here's the thing. Also, don't never dismiss the power of a good smoked cheese like any pretty much any cheese. If you have like a smoked version of it, probably going to be delicious. I'm just gonna go out there on a limb and say that. So yeah, yeah. When you like, let's say you uh, you're grilling burgers, right? Right. Do you 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 put the burger on the grill? You're making it. Do you put the cheese on the on the burger while it's on the grill? Oh, you have to. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Because sometimes my parents will like take the burgers off the grill. 
right and then put the cheese on after it's never so gonna have right. this like exactly and i'm trying to emphasize like melt them first they did it for years all of a sudden they're on this like put the cheese right. on after and i'm like what the hell is this guys what are uh, we doing here i will admit there have been times in the past few years that i've made the mistake where it's just like i get the burger off the grill and i'm like oh no i i didn't put the cheese on and it's right but it's it's an acknowledged mistake i always recognize at least my own mind i was like dang it should have uh right should have put that right on you got to melt it for sure or else you're just gonna be biting into a solid piece of cheese and it's not the same no one wants to do that i'm see here's the thing i'm it's weird i'm not really a big grill guy in the sense of when i cook right i am i am a master in the kit well not a master i would like to master. Be master of the kitchen <laughs> mr <laughs> maddie cooks statement. coming yeah. to the channel hey Soon. i've done some cooking already i've done oh. two meals on my channel um, okay maybe a third this year who knows uh my mom loves doing it so i yeah, like she she loves when we make the cooking videos together um yeah but like for me i like getting all the ingredients and throwing something together in the kitchen but like when it comes to the grill and memorizing temperatures and like the feeling and knowing your grill like i don't know a grill man i don't know like i just i'm not your man's man when it comes to that type of shit i gotta be real listen listen maddie here's the thing is that I'm getting I'm sensing some grill and anxiety from you. Have you had a traumatic grill experience in the past that's making Actually, you anxious? No, I, 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 I'm close friends with a guy who used to work at a, uh, a restaurant where like, you know, he'd be grilling burgers constantly. And like, I have a video on my snap memory. I have it like ingrained in my head of how he was just like flipping a boom, 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 just like no problem. And they were some of the best burgers, man. Like he just made them like every time we had a party he was making the burgers and like, you just knew you were in for a good meal. I'm like, could I be that? Right. I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to imagine it. So part of my, it's my grill confidence. My grill ego, if you will, is not super high. Mm. That's a problem. That's a yeah. problem I need to amend. I mean, here's the thing about, about grilling. I'm, I'm a huge fan of grilling um, in all different ways. You know, there's some people that get elitist about like charcoal or gas and you know all different ways to everyone has their set ways and i just i'm a fan of of all grilling and all the different attributes it has you know sometimes sometimes a, a gas grill is great for a weeknight you know meal you just you just throw something on it's not going to have that same smoky quality right but it's it's quick and you're still doing something fun grilling is always fun for me but like um you know i I think the key thing right here for now for you, Maddie, is that you can't you don't need to worry about overthinking grilling. You know, okay. obviously, there are some key things like you don't want to undercook something, make someone sick. Oh God, no. That's going to be embarrassing. But, oh God, no. you know, with burgers, especially people are like putting breadcrumbs like it's like it's a fucking meatloaf. No, <laughs> no. Burgers, <laughs> you pat them down. You don't overly people are doing this thing where they're mixing them all up enough you just like take take some ground beef flatten it out into a patty shape salt and pepper that bitch throw it on the grill you're set it's done you know just like that just like that do you, do you like take your temperature while you're doing it you know, you poke it check or you just like you you have it all felt out i i feel it out. i don't i don't temperature check burgers i will temperature check chicken just because i am more cautious about like getting yeah, dry salmonella. Chicken, there's no saving that yeah so a burger, though, usually if I'm I'm making multiple, and what I'll do is I'll like kind of like slice one of them a little bit, mm. just to see how it's doing on the inside. Yeah. But uh, Maddie, I believe 
that you can be a confident grill master, actually, not just a, a grill grillman, or if that's even a word. <laughs> I, I think you, I think you can do it if you if you okay. set your mind to it. All right. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to have to just get cracking at it, right? Like, I'm in yeah. that, that position where I'm just sitting here like, one day, one day. I think I just need to do it. Dude, so I'm like, ready. I'm, I'm about to take the next level of grilling here because I'm pretty sure I, I want to buy a smoker before the end of this summer just we because, oh, right. dude, I want one so bad. Like, I have a job now where I work from home. It's the perfect lifestyle to have a smoker because some of these things take like six, seven hours. Oh yeah, I can just like two birds, one stone. It you know, like start start it going at noon. You know, check on it throughout the day while I'm working on different stuff. It just sounds fantastic. So that's actually perfect. That's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> See, I'm I'm dating a vegan, so oh, my meat my meat life is is don't tell Colin that. If really, you, since you hate that he he rips he's on vegans me. all the time, which he does it like <laughs> it's one of those things that like I'm like he's joking. But is he? <laughs> oh, I think there's like a sustainable, uh, or, or rather, not sustainable, but a palpable mm. dislike for that for their lifestyle. Right. Hey, man. And I will say, do what you want. I've, I've tried some some vegan food. Oh yeah. I'm, all I'm gonna say is, don't knock it till you try it. I'm not gonna go vegan. I like meat, but some of the shit I've had is really fucking good. I've had and a so, lot of. It's fun. Yeah, I've had a lot of vegan stuff. My my wife isn't isn't vegan, but because she's lactose intolerant. She ends up making vegan meals because it's like mm. guaranteed that they won't have dairy or won't cook with dairy. So yeah, yeah you sense. know, there's there's good in, in a lot of that. A lot of bad 100%. too, though. Kale, fuck kale. Get that out of here. Oh, you don't like kale? Like, no, you know it's sautéed. No, dude. I feel like oh. any any variation of kale I've ever had that I'm just like I don't understand what's going on with this food. Yeah, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, sometimes it can be very rough and crunchy, and that's not good kale. Like I said, if you sauté mm. it. It's okay. acceptable, at least. I like it, but I'm saying, like, I feel like that's the way to do some nice kale. Okay. Yeah, man. Like, the the, the, the tough part about it, I tell her this, but, like, the tough part about dating someone who is, like, vegetarian or, or vegan is, like, you want to surprise them with a meal. And the meals that I currently am able to cook, like, I made this really good chicken curry, but it's got chicken in it. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, like, trying to figure out these recipes. Uh, one time I made us dumplings like veg- uh, vegan dumplings and they were pretty good. But like that was a, I went all over freaking God's creation for that one. Like I went, <laughs> not that I don't mind doing I, that. I mind doing that for her. I really enjoyed it. But like I was going everywhere. I went to some obscure shop to find like ginger root. Like I went everywhere for this shit. So yeah. <laughs> it's tough, man. It's tough, but re- it's rewarding. You learn a lot through it, oh, man, for sure. Dino writes in, hello, Maddie, Carrick, Dustin, hope all are well. If the rumors are true and Sony has gotten a ton of big time exclusives, what do you think Xbox will do to hit back? He also asks us about getting consoles on day one. He can't wait for both, but we've answered that a ton of times this show. Um, yeah, so it was confirmed by, I want to say, Imran Khan, who helps out a kind of funny now amongst freelance work, that Sony pretty much contacted literally everyone in the industry about some form of exclusivity, and they like Xbox actually didn't want to to compete with them because they were offering so much money. A good example of this is a company like Bethesda doing timed exclusivity for Ghostwire Tokyo and um, Deathloop. This was something I said, like the the day the PS5 was fully revealed, I was like, there's something really fishy about that deal because Bethesda is literally 
hanging two new IPs out to dry on one console, which it may work out for them, but their their history with third-party IPs hasn't shown that. So now seeing how much money they're clearly waving around, it makes a whole lot more sense. Uh, so Dustin, with this question, the rumors seem to be true. Sony's getting a lot of money out there for their exclusives. We've seen it with Avengers. What do you think Xbox has to do to respond to this, if anything? What hmm. could they do? Yeah, I know it's weird the conversation around the exclusive things. Like I understand the frustration, and it does in a way feel anti-consumer. But it also, it's one of those things where it's like they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. You know what I mean? We've seen them cozy up with Call of Duty and other, you know, special exclusivity deals. And I mean, Final Fantasy VII remake is what probably one of the biggest notable ones where they. Definitely, you know, they wrote a very large check or made some kind of deal, whether it was marketing, who knows? Either way, there was definitely some 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 backdoor deals that were made. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. And so is Xbox going to do anything? It already sounds like the answer is no. Um, but I I don't know. Though, here's the thing, like the medium the medium is a game that is not a second party game that they, they locked in in some kind of, of deal. Also with Tetris mm-hmm. effect connected is a game that they, they locked in exclusively for one year. So who knows, maybe there are some, some bigger third party exclusive deals that they're, they're holding back on for now, but I couldn't imagine like, yeah, at least for launch at this point, it's a little late to kind of, show anything big and new so yeah i don't know it's hard to say um clearly they're not afraid to do exclusive stuff they've done it in the past rise of the Tomb, or yeah rise of the tomb raider which arguably killed that game uh in, in a certain way but oh for sure yeah absolutely so yeah i uh, uh zane actually asked us in a follow-up question not only what should xbox do to get to sony but should they continue to play the long game like they are now or invest in exclusives? And if so, what exclusives? You know, I honestly was thinking as we've read these questions here um, and what you were saying, and I I kind of get the notion based off what was said that Xbox, it wasn't like Sony came in with so much money and Xbox was like not willing. It more so sounded like to me that they offered so much money, Xbox went, it's not worth our time to try to match that because I do think what happens is with game pass, Microsoft has kind of put a wall around themselves. This is a consumer friendly service. It's at a great price. It gives you a shit ton of games. It's great value. There's no, no matter what side of the fence you're on, there's no doubting that, but because it's so consumer friendly and Microsoft has such a positive consumer image right now, I feel any exclusivity deals just hit them hard. Right. It, It immediately is like, a a huge hurt whereas playstation it's expected and it's embraced even i mean i the best example we use on this show right now the avengers main character not like that beta not saying that we represent the whole world but that game i did not think was that great that's just my opinion and i'm glad people are liking it but 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 that game when they announced that spider-man was exclusive to ps4 is now the number one best-selling ps4 game on amazon it works as Dustin said, it absolutely 100% factually works. And even in a scenario where a game 
isn't really receiving rave praise when it comes to or rave reviews or previews rather from media, uh, YouTubers and so on. Um, or in the case, like you brought up earlier, final fantasy seven remake sold great. I think it could have sold better if it wasn't in the midst of the beginning of the pandemic, but still final fantasy seven remake sold really well, despite being exclusive. So we're seeing two ends of the spectrum here that are working really well for PlayStation. So I think they both have game plans that they're just going to stick with. And Xbox has tried the exclusive game. They almost killed platinum games. Sunset overdrive, a game I adore didn't do as well as it should have. Um, Halo kind of sank in its in its brand value. They've tried this exclusive game and they understand the value of it, which is why I think they're starting new, man. Like that's why you're seeing an overhaul with playground games. That's why you're seeing Obsidian come into the fold. You're seeing In Exile, who's apparently going to make like the most ambitious AAA game of the entire Swedish studios because they're making something from way down the line. Like, you know, that's the that's the future for Xbox. And so now they do have to play a patient game. Let's give an undeniable service. So that when these games are ready, we can rework things, right? Like, did we invest so much into NXIL's AAA RPG thing that, uh, you know, like we can't reasonably keep Game Pass at 15 bucks a month. Maybe we got to bump this up to 18 now. Something like that over time. I think that's their response. I don't think they need to start buying out companies. They bought a huge portfolio of studios. Just there's a patience thing here. PlayStation really established everything in the PS4. And you're just going to see... The thing I worry about, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but the thing I worry about with PS5 is is a rinse and repeat feel. Like, we're going to get another God of War. We're going to get another Spider-Man. We, I don't know if we'll get another Bloodborne, but, like, we're going to maybe get another day, Days Gone, another Horizon. What was exciting about PS4 is it was new IP, new IP, new ideas, and even if they felt loosely similar, the universes were so diverse that it was really exciting. Um, I, I wonder with the PS5, and maybe this is just like a thought from a distance and when we're in the thick of things, it won't matter at all. But that's something I worry about. They may be winning the exclusive game, but they have to recognize that this might become a predictable cycle. So maybe the third party exclusivity helps them out. My stomach is grumbling so loud. Holy crap. Did you hear that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I didn't pick it up. Wow. I was no, like, holy smokes. I don't that, think so. Did you ever, not to go yeah. off topic here, but did you ever have like moments in, in class where you were like starving and your stomach was just making noises? And so embarrassing. Like, please, yeah, please don't it's look like, at did, me. Did people hear uh, that? Good, good. It's not only me. All right, sorry. Go on. Yeah. I, I monopolized way too much time. Oh, there. no, you're good. I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, like yeah, like I said, it they do it because it works. And it's weird because I feel like majority of people are uh, don't like these exclusivity deals. There are people that do like them, though, like some real weird hardcore gamer, like console war people, which I always thought was odd. Uh, this is in the forefront of my mind because my recent video of SideQuest was about what games Sony should bring to PC. And there is so many comments of people who are like, they shouldn't bring any. We got to keep the value in the brand of the PlayStation. I'm like, what value? Not PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what value? I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn, is it really bringing anybody to buy a PlayStation right now? Do you know what I mean? Like, they've extracted yeah, yeah, yeah. the value. And I even say that in the video, but. What you say in the video does not matter. You know that, Maddie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's also an interesting an interesting aspect of this is that I think the outrage of an exclusivity deal depends on which way the pendulum is swinging at the time. Like, people were really upset about Rise of the Tomb Raider because it was an Xbox exclusive, and 
Xbox was the minority of players as far as in the, you know, balance of PS4 and Xbox. Right. But Deathloop, I, you know, there was some people that were vocal about it, but it didn't seem to be like a big controversy, which it may be part of it is that it's a new IP. And I yeah. feel like it is more appropriate to do a deal on a new IP than it is to do in the middle of a franchise. So maybe that's a factor that's a that I'm not that's thinking of. <clears throat> so no, that's, that's a very fair point. Who knows? It's not, it's not known for something yet. Right. Schizo Adept writes in, do you think it's time for a Switch 2? Lots of next generation questions here. I feel like my Switch is just hitting its prime with Metroid Prime 4 coming up and Breath of the Wild 2. Coming up, Metroid Prime 4. I'm hearing rumors Nintendo is making a new console in the next year or two. Uh, for me, I don't know if you agree, Dustin. For me, I think it's time because I'm starting to notice my Switch is getting less and less use. Mm. I think the ports are slowing down. I think it's because Nintendo's starting to hit a wall where these games are going to either have to be completely visibly downgraded to the point of like, why would I ever play this to, to work on the switch or they need to have a new console out within the next year and a half, I'd say to remain relevant. The switch has had a great surge, but it was in the thick of like, wow, these games can run this thing now. Like this has been such a fucking dead year for the switch. In my opinion, animal crossing has carried the whole year, like 20 plus million sales, 22, whatever it is. Um, so they don't really need to just drop all these exclusives. Like Pikmin's a bonus, I guess, when you think about it. Uh, Xenoblade was a bonus, but these are just outside of Animal Crossing. It's literally all been re-releases. It's kind of fucking crazy to think about. And so I, I love my switch, man. Like as a Vita lover, I love my switch. I want to use my switch more, but I have no desire to right now. So I would like a switch too. Cause I want to get those ports. I want to get my hands on those games. But uh, what do you think? Where do you stand on this? You know, Nintendo's in a weird spot right now because we didn't get a a traditional June Direct, like an E3-style Direct. That's true. And I think that's partially just because Nintendo... Nintendo very rarely delays games that have a date, specifically. Like, they delayed Metroid Prime, but also not really because they never had a window they just were like yeah this is going to take even longer so we just want to let you guys know so and nintendo has publicly stated that due to current world events that they are having a hard time with production so nintendo might be starting to get into a weird spot where they're like uh we don't know how much of the stuff we had planned is going to happen and if there's another console in that in that timeline right of the next year they may be wondering like you know how much of this do we save how much do we you know try to squeak out by the end of this year so it is it is interesting i feel man it's nintendo is is really interesting right now and it, it because of how quiet they've been yeah. as far as a switch 2 i mean they can't they they can't keep Switch on the shelf as it is right now. So I, I can really see hard. Nintendo saying, like, why would we release a new Switch when we we are selling out constantly of what we currently ha- are making? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. And here's the thing. They could make me eat my word within a month, right? Like, 
a lot of people talk about uh, Metroid Prime, right? It, our, our question that just came in from Schizoad, I've talked about Metroid Prime. Like, the rumor has been that they're going to do a Metroid Prime trilogy remaster to kind of synchronize with the launch of Metroid Prime 4. If they did that, man, like, instantly Switch hype. I just feel like, you know, they've ported what they could. Like, we've got Dragon's Dogma on there. That's a game I want to start up on my Switch soon. Uh, uh, like, Banner Saga. Like, there's so many great ports there, but they've really slowed down because games are getting bigger. And um, I think you make a really good point, though. Why would they? But I guess, does the hardware force them? Do they sort of do an iterative step? Like I feel like that makes sense. With a new DS, as well as... Uh, Kind of what they did with the Switch already. With um, they had like a new Switch that came out with a stronger battery. Then they had a uh, like this. I forgot what it was called. The tinier Switch. Switch Lite. Um, yeah, thank you. That that came out, and I don't know why you would buy that unless it's for like a little kid. But <laughs> I bought one for my wife. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> no, all good. Whoops. No, here's the thing: is that uh, you know, no, I feel like for the Switch Lite, there is like a specific type of person. Like we already have a normal Switch. And she doesn't play docked. Like, she doesn't care about playing on the TV. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes a huge difference, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. You think my wife's a little kid. That's fine. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. I'll, I'll tell it to her face, too. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, I think you're right, though, that I feel like I feel like an iter- iterative Switch might make sense. Um, though, I don't know if Nintendo wants to get into the business that Microsoft and Sony are in with, like, different versions of games like having a switch like developers having to do a switch pro and a regular switch version Mm -hmm. so i can understand them maybe not wanting to do that but i don't know dude i mean i i'm gonna i'm gonna go with my original answer and that the market is speaking that we don't need a new switch right now and that we're just currently experiencing a lull because of current world events yeah that's probably fair. That's probably accurate, too. I guess the only thing is, are they selling out because like, that artificial uh, short supply that they like to do? Or is it selling out because people like genuinely need it? Like I believed it when it came to Animal Crossing that that shit was just selling out whenever because everyone was like, this is my quarantine game. This is right. the game you get for a quarantine, uh, which totally makes sense. But now that time has passed and it's still selling out. I'm like, are you guys just saying like each store gets 100? Yeah. It? Like, how does that work? Colin mentioned this on Sacred Symbols, so this is that's where I heard the stat is that Animal Crossing has sold more than Sorry any dog. Oh you're good. Animal Crossing has sold more than any PS4 exclusive ever. Like more units. Like the best selling PS4 game, whatever that is, I'm guessing I Spider Man, maybe? Is it? Uh it might be I think the last of us part two was like on track to beat it, but I wanna say Spider Man. That would just make sense. On Wiki- double check that. On Wikipedia, the you know the most accurate source, <laughs> the <laughs> Uncharted Four: A Thief's End is sixteen million, um, and Animal Crossing sales. Let's see. Okay, it's not easily coming up. Either way, Animal Crossing has sold more than that. So yeah, it's like twenty million easily. Yeah, crazy, crazy numbers on that. So honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if Animal Crossing is also what's like still pushing the sales of hardware. So who knows? All right. Next question comes from Doom Never. Will Maddie and Justin ever beat Sekiro, the best rhythm game of all time? 
The update drops in October. Go beat it. No, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> You're good. I'm okay. I don't need to. I got to Genichiro, and I said, this isn't for me. This is a Persona dancing game, and I'll just go play that instead. Okay. I feel the desire to go back because I have gotten to there's like um there's like a big ape that you fight that oh, yeah. has has about. halted my progress twice now that I've played through it. I <laughs> I got to that point and then I'm like this is just I can't do it. But there's still part of me that's like I want to do it. So mm-hmm. The the key is, and I think I said this. I started if I'm repeating myself to any of the audience, but I the first time I played through the game, huge struggle. The second time, I blitzed through what took me three weeks in like three days. So I'm hoping that that you know that third time is yeah, is where the magic happens and the game's beat. Yeah, just like that. Who knows? Well, so it feels satisfying over this like kind of staggered journey that you're going right. through. Well, if I if I play again, I'm gonna restart it a third time. Oh my! Yeah. Wow. Bold. So, who knows? The my the rule I made for myself because I was literally in the past few weeks thinking of starting it again is that I have to beat Ghost of Tsushima before I will allow myself <laughs> and then to start it. That, you'll be like, no, no more Hold samurai that. games. <laughs> yeah, probably. But well, there's your answer. Never. There Let's you go. Move on to Ben Jam. We've discovered, if we discovered, sorry, intelligent alien life, and we're able to communicate with them, what five games would you show them that represents our gaming culture? What a mind-bending question to ask. Five games. I'd show them Overcooked just because. Just because they would understand how crazy. Let's do five between us, right? Okay. Like, I'm not going to determine the the way aliens view us on my own. We're going to go in as a duo. I would pick Overcooked first. Okay. Just because this is a quirky game. This is weird. Uh, but it could teach them about some of the food that we eat at the same time. Okay. And some yeah. cooperative action. The ability to work together. Something that humans need. Okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So as far as, let's see, representing, we'll go more the angle of the gaming culture. I mean, you have to say Call of Duty. It is the best-selling game, best-selling franchise and, you know, no disrespect to Call of Duty because I also, I mean, I enjoy Call of Duty. I wouldn't call myself a huge fan, but it does represent a huge portion of gaming that is just like mind-numbing dopamine hits of doing the same thing over and over again. And don't get me, like I said, nothing wrong with that. I put put many, many hours into Warzone. So as far as representing gaming culture... That's one I would show. What about I'm you, Matt? I'm going to say gaming culture. I'm going to say Mario Odyssey to show that collectathons are something people really like. Mm. Nice, kind collectathons, right? Like we want them to know that we are kind creatures. We will not, we will not fight with these intelligent alien life forms. And so I feel Mario Odyssey could only explain just that thrill of almost in the same way shutting your brain off, but just getting a bunch of stuff for doing it, right? Like getting the coins on moons, all the little unlockables, the outfits, everything. And I say this as someone who's not like a diehard fan of Odyssey, by the way. Right. That's one that comes to mind right away. I'm going to go deep here, Maddie. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, 
this will go beyond gaming culture. I'm going to say gaming slash human culture, maybe, is I would show them Undertale because what's so special about Undertale to me is that it is a strong argument for empathy for another person or monster in the case of uh, Undertale that if you take a moment to analyze what it would be like to be in another person's shoes, then maybe your viewpoint would be different. And to me, that's like, that's an essential part of how I view life. And so playing undertale and kind of like analyzing it on that level of like empathy is, is, you know, really cool and important. So I would say undertale for that reason alone. Very deep, very deep. Hmm. Because you started talking about themes, and I immediately thought of, like, Nier Automata and, like, existentialism. Ooh, Ooh yeah. I, I think I'm going to go, unsurprisingly, I'm going to go, I'm going to show them Persona 4. Hell yeah. I want them to know about the bonds of friendship. Mm. This represents gaming culture. You make friends online, in person, and they are a big part of who you are and the happiness that drives into your life. I think that the game represents that well. And that it's popular for a reason. So welcome mm. to planet Earth. There you Arizona, go. Is what I would say. I guess we have one left, right? Uh, One big chunk. Well, we do have a decent amount of questions left. Oh, I thought you meant games to show for Earth. The uh, five no, games. We did Overcooked, Call of Duty. Uh, We did Odyssey. We did Undertale. And we did Persona. Okay. We are good, good to go. Wrap it up. All right. Great Ape 51. Hi, guys. With uh, Microsoft doing the right thing and delaying Halo Infinite right now, both next-gen consoles launch offerings seem extremely lackluster. But how should Microsoft respond? Sony, at worst, will at least have My- Miles Morales. I know any of these uh, coming true are extremely unlikely, but which would you choose for Microsoft to do without having a new Halo at launch? A giving CD Projekt Red tons of money to have an optimized Series X version of Cyberpunk at launch and having the game launch first on Series X by a mere 10 to 14 days before other platforms. B, trying to secure AC Valhalla from Ubisoft as a timed next-gen exclusive for the Series X until at least early December. C, offering Square Enix, who we all know likes exclusivity deals, a limited-time exclusive deal for Outriders with marketing incentives for Game Pass, plus giving people can fly as much support studio help as possible to get it as polished and graphically impressive as possible by November. So A, B, C, what do you got? I'm going to say C, because I think that's the only one that would be possible really, because there's no way that cyberpunk would undercut. They would be, it would take so much money to do that. And Valhalla, it would such be a, such a bad PR move since they already announced. I mean, I guess they, they haven't announced day and date that they're all coming at the same time so c i don't know i mean c is the one of those that sounds the most possible to me and yeah. uh yeah i mean it's the problem is that it's kind of unconsequential because i don't know that outriders is going to be a big hit not that's necessarily going to be a bad game um mm-hmm. but i don't know if it's gonna light the world on fire so for sure yeah, I would say A would make the most sense. There's always been rumors that like Microsoft and CD Projekt Red are working on something, like something 
Game Pass wise, like day one Game Pass or which I think would be big for launch because if you buy Game Pass and you're part of the Xbox family, you've already got CD Projekt Red's biggest game. Uh, but I think I'm with Dustin on it's more realistic that you get Outriders, which looks like a pretty solid game anyway. I really like what I see with that game. Have you I played think... that yet? Uh, no. Okay. I did a really long preview at PAX. It was like two hours long and it was actually pretty sweet. Yeah. It pretty looks, cool. It looks good. It really does look good. And I, I think it needs more attention because the reveal trailer, I usually don't get hyped over those types of things, but like I really liked what I saw for Outriders. And then when the gameplay came out, at first I felt it limped, but then it it's kind of picked up steam and it looks more and more diverse. So I like what I saw with that game. Question two. Who do you think would win in a timed three, a timed, hold on, I thought it said three. Who do you think would win in a timed team food eating contest between three hosts, Maddie, Carrick, and Dustin, versus all of the hosts combined dogs? What food would you guys choose? Which team would end up winning? Well, the dogs would have to win, right? I mean, my dog, my dog is like seven pounds, like real small. So she... She's probably only eaten one hot dog, honestly. Oh. Now, let's see, a timed team. Revan is 22 pounds, so okay. my my man could eat some food for sure. Right. Carrick's got big dogs. Right. And Carrick, like you said, I've never, I've not seen anything other than Carrick from here up. He looks like he's like, you know, a beefy dude. Like he's strong. Like I would not want to fuck with Carrick. And he, he, like, knows in martial arts and stuff, right? So yes, I feel like Carrick could put, put could puts out, down some dogs. I mean, I could definitely – I could put down some hot dogs too, for sure. So hard to say on that one. I'm going to say that we can out-eat in mass, but if we're talking pace, these dogs oh, would win. Dogs – dude, dogs will eat so fast they throw up, like, yeah, cr- instantly. Riven did that when he was a little puppy. <laughs> Literally ate so fast and it peaked it up. My dog did that only with what? Like she was so thirsty that she drank for like two minutes straight and then just promptly threw up a bunch of water. So they're yeah. not smart. They're cute, but no. they're not smart. We love Sadly them. Not. Number three. Not a question, but for Maddie with his wrist problems. Oh, boy, this will be interesting. Let's see if I can get some help here. My mom had to get carpal tunnel surgery done on her right wrist in her late 40s. I'll probably need to have it done on both of my wrists at some point. When sleeping at home, I often wear the big braces on both wrists. Ugh. When I out of ta- went out of town, um, or I'm sorry, went out in town doing errands or at work, I wear smaller, less invasive braces that are basically just hard plastic at an obtuse angle with a Velcro strap. Uh, the smaller braces actually do work and help. At the computer, Maddie, consider moving away from mice and to a trackball. Trackballs move with the primary clicking, move the primary clicking and scrolling to the thumb and right clicking to the ring finger and pinky fingers. It really does help me. For general purpose apps, the Square Design Kensington trackballs are quite good. For something for gaming and more mice-like, the Elecom trackballs are very good in my experience. If nothing else works, then consider finding a good chiropractor. Helped me out a lot with my wrist and neck issues in the past. I hope these ideas at least give you some ideas, Maddie. Hope you can get a pain-free solution, brother. Thank you. This I was actually considering a chiropractor, and I didn't know if that would be a good option because I started off this whole thing 
two months ago. I did push-ups. I, I told the story a million times. Um, I, I went in cold. I did push-ups. And it started off with elbow, slight elbow, like, strain. And then it went to my shoulder for a while. It was in my shoulder for a while. So I believe it's something with my back or my neck. But I was like, maybe I'm just overthinking it. And it is my wrist. Because, like, right now my wrist is fine. Like, I'm not in pain. I sometimes wear this BioSkin elbow sleeve. I wear it when I edit just to make sure there's compression in the area that can be inflamed. And that's been fine for me. But now that you say that, I think I'm going to... I was originally going to just see if I could get an MRI on my arm and just see if anything was wrong. Because the orthopedist, like, felt around and went, hey, man, like, you're good. Like, no fiber damage, no muscle damage, no joint damage. But seeing how a chiropractor helped you, maybe that's what I needed from the start. So I think I'm going to take that route, especially because it's it's probably cheaper. Right. <laughs> it certainly doesn't hurt. You got to be careful, chiropractors. I'm a believer. You know, there's it's a very uh, contentious topic mm-hmm. with chiropractors because oh, really? some of them are quacks, like for sure. I've been to quack chiropractors that I'm like, you're you're full of shit. You know, really. <laughs> but my current chiropractor, like seriously, I felt like I was like healed by Jesus, like. <laughs> Because I have like I have like weird jaw problems and I woke up one day and my jaw like was having resistance closing and it really freaked me out. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to need surgery on my jaw. I'm going to be wired shut. And I happened to be going to the chiropractor like three days later. And I told him I was like, oh, by the way, I'm having this weird thing with my jaw. And he's like, hmm, okay. And then he like felt and then like instantly gone totally gone really like totally fixed my job yeah like i was at like real resistance closing something was messed up which my jaw's not perfect now it's not like it's permanently like brand new but that Mm. that moment like he totally fixed me up i i was amazing so yeah i i would recommend as long you just got to be careful just because some of them for sure some of them are real weird like i had a chiropractor once tell me I w- this was when I was real young in like second or third grade. My mom, this chiropractor wanted to see you multiple times a week, which I thought was weird. And one time she took me when she was going and I had like strep throat or something. No, maybe not. It wasn't contagious. I don't know. But he was like, oh, next time Dustin's sick, make sure you bring him here first. And me in my little like second or third grade mind, I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do for my throat by cracking my back? <laughs> Like, yeah. I'm sorry, dude, but like, yeah, you can help me, but not like that. So yeah. I, uh, I would probably go to my dad goes to like a traditional, like, I'm going to press on your back. The one that my friend went to sounded a little more appealing. He said he's more of like a tech chiropractor where like, Ooh. he's going to kind of like help stretch out your back. So it naturally aligns and right. all that stuff. Cause like, I don't know. I know that these guys are like trained professionals to kind of like literally feel your spine and be like, that's out, that out, that's out. Like this is connected to that. Um, but I believe in more of like a natural collect- correction, not just like popping it back in because when you like pop it back in, can it just as easily fall out and right. get misaligned? I-, I don't know. Maybe I- I'm speaking from inexperience, right? This is why I want to go and ask all these questions, get these answers from like multiple people. But thank you. Uh, I definitely will look into the trackball thing. Cause I tried a mouse from Amazon. It's like a side mouse. So you're clicking like this, and that actually in, like aggravated it way more. So a trackball sounds better because I think the only thing that will aggravate it, I've been doing some push-ups every now and then for exercise, um, and I will say that I felt good there. But when I'm editing, that's like the most, that's like the danger zone. Like I edited a video today, my Elden Ring video felt good. 
but like big editing projects i just physically don't feel comfortable doing anymore and so uh fortunately like dustin you've helped me out a shit ton i've had two other editors help me out a shit ton so like you know we're working we're working around it and we're trying to be cautious because like I know that the surgery, the surgical methods and whatnot aren't bad, but it's like, do you really want to get to that point? Right. And I don't, I don't even know if I could say it's carpal tunnel yet. Like I've had the tingling in the hands before and shit, but like most of it felt like I got to unbutton this sleeve here. Most of it felt like a pinched nerve, like right by my elbow, like right here. Like that's my fingers blocking it. Like right here. It was really strange. Um, that's the only part that gets bothered. It's not even like what I used to get, which was when I did have what I what a, a doctor diagnosed as carpal tunnel. It was like my full forearm, and it's because I was playing hockey, playing golf, editing a shit ton. Like I just everything with my wrist was just going in a, a two week span, hardcore. All right, enough health issues. Let's get into more positive things. Paco Luigi writes in Ciao Benvenuto number one. What anime hairstyle do you wish you could pull off, wig or otherwise? Asking for a unrelated uh, friend of Paco. He's going through a bad, he puts in, in parentheses L, a bald patch right now, and tossing out some hair-brained schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, What's a character in an anime that's hair I really, really like? I always thought Cloud's hair was cool. Oh, but of I don't know, like, the thing with all these anime hair, it's hard for me to say, like, I don't wish I could pull it off. I know it would look ridiculous in real life, and I wouldn't want to have it. But I still think it's cool on that character. Sora is a perfect example. Dude. Sora looks so cool in game, but then just if you wore that fucking, like, huge head of hair outside, you'd be yeah. like, what? What's his, his foot size? It's like, what the fuck happened, man? <laughs> He's an experiment gone wrong. Um I would say there's this character actually in Tales of Crystoria. Look up Aegis Alver, A-E-G-I-S-A-L-V-E-R. He's got the type of anime hair I like, which is that long, oh yeah, feasible kind of hair. Yeah, right? Like, it, it's believable. Like, he just mm-hmm. you know, perfectly splits. Like, one goes down his nose, one goes down the, the far side of his face. Uh, I like that. Like, that that's the type of hair I think looks cool, and that wouldn't look ridiculous in real life it would have to be a little wavy but you know anime hair is not designed to look cool in real life exactly question two how does great ape and the rest of these guys come up with so many great questions i can't even come up with one on topic question most shows p.s keep up the great work fellas bezos why abrazos pacho libre mex italian luchador you're you're testing my language skills here i'll be honest with you (laughs) All right, Dustin, we are nearing the end here. Two more. Two more. Here we go. Two more. I'm starving yet again. So Me too. Rowdy HD. Hey, yo. With PS4 ports, the PC becoming more frequent the last year. In particular, seeing the likes of Horizon Zero Dawn and Death Stranding on PC. How do you guys see the future of these PS4 ports coming to PC? Do you think these ports will keep coming from now on? Or will there have just been some exceptions? Will these PC releases ever release on the same day as the console version? I've been thinking about this, but I doubt Sony will. They ought to keep the console gamers happy, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Dustin, this is all you. You just made a, a whole video on this on Collins. Yeah. Stand. So if you you're watch it. You should go watch the episode of SideQuest because I talked about the five games that Sony should bring that make sense to me for them to come bring next. 
And mm-hmm. I feel like Carrick kind of hinted that some kind of PC, PS4 news was coming soon on this show. I have not asked him about this privately, but he did kind of hint at that. I've been meaning to ask him about that. So I don't know. Maybe he knows something that we don't. Um, <laughs> he tends to. <laughs> so, yeah, I think they're going to do more. I mean, there's been enough rumors of different games, and I feel like it makes sense for them to do from a from multiple levels. And this is what I talk about in SideQuest. It not only makes sense from like, hey, we're going to make so much money from re-releasing a product that we've already paid to produce. They just have to pay to, you know, do the the port. And not only that, but it works in tandem with their marketing for the game's sequels. So I think there's some that make sense as marketing, uh, like Horizon makes a great marketing tool. A new God of War, it would make sense for them to do, if they do God of War 2 on PS5, which they will, uh, to do God of War on PC. And then some of them are just money makers. Like Bloodborne is a money maker. Everyone yeah. is going to buy that as soon as they release it I on PC. <laughs> it's going to go so. nuts. People are going to lose their mind if they release Bloodborne on PC. Ooh. So that's that's the the number one that that I put in the video. Spoiler alert! But so I have a feeling that there will be more. But who knows? Sony is weird. Maybe they're just like fuck it. We we did Horizon because. We had to help. We were helping with the Death Stranding port, getting Decima on PC, so we might as well do this. Might be, yeah. That's a possibility, but who knows? Maybe they tasted the money, and now uh, they want more. Who knows? I think Bloodborne is the most obvious one. That sits in like the perfect gray area. I think that I could be wrong. I feel Days Gone I might sit in that area a little bit. Like, because I think of the highly touted, the the certain studios that are like pinnacle. Like, I don't know. If, I I think you make a good point about God of War. I would love to see that on PC as well. That in sixty FPS would be so. Would Corey Barlog? Yeah, did he say he, that? He tweeted. Someone asked him about bringing it to PC, and he's like, "That would be awesome, but that is above my pay grade." So yeah, he has. Uh, we have support on the inside from developers to do it. Yeah, but exactly. And so I would love to see if that. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a studio status thing. Like, and that's not to say Gorilla isn't high status, but I just feel like it's a feel thing. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, right. I could not see Spider-Man PS4 on PC, but I could totally see them saying, let's take Bloodborne. Let's take Days Gone. You know, the these games that I guess maybe the key point here is when you buy a console, <laughs> What are the games that people have to get? Spider-Man, God of War. Yeah. I feel come to mind right away. But I would argue that everything we've mentioned so far, not Days Gone. Sorry. Fuck Days Gone. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Days Gone is not a fuck Days Gone kind of game, but it's it's not that great in my opinion. But, like, I feel it's it's like a touch and feel thing here. And it might just be a one-off thing, but it'll be very interesting to see how they handle it. I'm more curious about that than their, their next generation comment i know we're trying to wrap up but i i have to say this after the seeing the the comments on my on the side quest so and and rowdy maybe you didn't mean this but you said they ought to keep the console gamers happy i suppose why can't they keep the console gamers happy and release these games on pc that's what doesn't make sense to me that some people don't understand when maybe that's not what you mean rowdy i'm not taking this out on you (laughs) i swear but They've extracted the value of these games on their current platform. 
and they're able to bring more people to their console potentially by doing this. So yeah. it it doesn't make people there are certain like PS4 fans that are like they're they're losing it's like it's as if they're they're taking the ability to play Horizon Zero Dawn on your PS4 by putting on PC the way they're reacting. Yeah. It makes no sense. Horizon Zero Dawn is still perfectly fine on PS4. PS4's pro support is fantastic. It does not hurt you to have it doesn't devalue your PS4 having this game on PC. That doesn't make sense. All right. Uh, I've cooled off. I've gotten that out. <laughs> Let's do this last question. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Crazy Herb. If Halo Infinite ends up coming out late 2021, do you think they should drop support for the Xbox One? I personally don't care either way. Hope you guys are doing well. And Dustin, Meatloaf is amazing. <laughs> Bam. You're out. You're done. I fucking messaged Dustin yesterday. I was cracking up. My mom brings out dinner because... Um, she just loves she my mom loves to cook man she comes out and she's got meatloaf and i'm like i gotta text dustin i was like i just want to let you know <laughs> i'm having meatloaf dustin would you like to enlighten the audience on your response oh i just it was just a plain fuck you yeah i, I no capitalization this was just you know i could totally see you saying that and then just, <laughs> you absolutely carried on with your day you did not care what happened after that <laughs> oh i actually know that was one of those i, I can't help but laugh my own jokes if i say something funny like i type that and then laugh to myself and then i carried on with my day oh so yeah yeah. i got the vibe there was a lot of not giving a fuck isms about oh yeah oh yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah so um we've gotten a ton of halo questions good thing that the the whole episode has pretty much been based around that um we i think i suggested the idea of them just dropping the support i think when you say xbox one i'm imagining you mean the original family of xbox ones and not series x um, I floated that idea out. I think that'd be interesting. And I think that would give a new level of like worth the wait. Okay. They did delay it out of the launch window, but we're getting this. But I think Dustin, you said you wait too long and it's like, what the fuck is happening? Right. So they might get to a point where they just need to shove this thing out eventually. Cause they're spending money on it. So I don't think they can go back on that. Now they've doubled down so much about the game being on Xbox one that they wouldn't risk the PR move not doing it, I think. I think it would be too uh, negative for them to not. That's the sticky situation they're in. It's just hitting me now. Think about it. Like, you have announced the game, but you were in a period of time for a while, a really long while, where you just no one knew, and you can make whatever moves. Like, you could have made this decision behind closed doors and been like, drop Xbox One, go Series X. We'll talk about it in 2021. Just give them a little trailer. But you've done this full gameplay. You've done interviews. You've tried to push it. It didn't work. Now what's out there is out there. And then you move it back. And now you're in a situation where people are expecting something. Big time. I don't know, man. It's definitely uh, a really bad situation to be in. They could have waited till 2021 and and maybe done this full-on upgrade that we're talking about. I don't know if it would be as easy as what i'm making it out to be but it's just a thought and now now we gotta wait and see who knows hard to say so much still on the table that can happen between now and november so sadly all right dustin we're here at the end two hours 46 minutes way longer than i think either of us expected (laughs) nice 
Hey, well, I'm cool with it. You, it was fun. Yeah, I was going to say, exactly. It's fun, and we hope you, the audience, enjoy it. Dustin, special thank you to you. You've improved this show dramatically. I want to make sure the audience knows. I feel that way. I told you off camera, but I want to make sure everyone knows how much I value your input here. You help a lot. Thanks, man. I've been having an awesome time being on this show, and I'm appreciative to the audience for taking me in with open arms. So, yeah, as, I, as Creed I, would say, with arms wide open. So... <laughs> You know, now that you mentioned that, yeah. I, I feel bad for not thanking the audience. We sort of put you in here. I mean, we had you on as a guest, then we put you in here, and, like, people just didn't think twice about it. There was really, like, unless I'm missing something, I didn't really see any complaints, and it's been it's been great. Like, it's been a smooth transition. It reminds me of what happened with Carrick. Like, we, we lost uh, Noah, but then we got Carrick, and it was just, like, great. You know, the show's still good. There, yeah, that. the comments have all been seriously pretty much. I'd say literally, I saw one comment on YouTube that was like, "He doesn't really add much," and I'm like, "Well, it'd be unnatural if someone didn't say that." And That's I might true. be worried if someone didn't say that. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> That's fair. So yeah, thank you, everybody. It means a lot. Appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed episode 264 of the Ham Radio Podcast. If you got this deep. Uh, leave the hashtag meatloaf. Tweet oh, us. no. no not- <laughs> I was going to say hashtag fuck meatloaf. So, all right. You know what? You, you know could. What? It's this up to you, you the- man. This is all you. The Well, I say the audience could either say hashtag team meatloaf or hashtag fuck meatloaf. I'll- we'll know either way if you got to the end. If it's one of the two, you can kind of vote in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twitter, the comments okay. of the Patreon post, Discord. And maybe if we get enough, we rack them up. I don't know. It's funny. We know this show's long, so. So on Sacred Symbols, there's been an ongoing discussion about Meatloaf also. Oh, I really? And it's funny because it's unintended has also become a discussion on this show as well. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is what it is. We need to make it clear where we what, you know, which side of the, the line we, we stand on, whether you're yeah. Team Meatloaf or. Look, I'll just say this as my closing Meatloaf argument is I have taken you know, I've made my pasta. I put my jar sauce on it. You know, it's a lazy dinner. I've got some leftover meatloaf. Guess what? That turns into meatballs. Now I've got meat sauce. Like mm. it's meatloaf can be repurposed, and that's something that I really appreciate about it. It's a respectable argument, but not good enough for me. That's fine. Just saying. Just saying. Just a, a lingering thought <laughs> for our listeners as we let them go. <laughs> I'll be curious to see the response. Ladies and gentlemen, let us know all food-related things. It seems to be a hot topic here, and we enjoy it. So with that, we will wrap up episode 264. Thank you so much for your time, and we will talk to you guys next week. Peace out.